This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ Baylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're running for public office as we watched Spine 258 in the Criterion Collection, Robert Altman's Tanner 88 from 1988. But first, RJ, what a, yeah. what a time to be watching political movies am i right what does politics mean i don't know to to politic follow up what is a movie moving video video oh interesting interesting yeah it's uh i mean i guess convenient convenient topical Topical. Funny. Uh, I don't know if you saw the picture I just put out for our Wednesday dudes, but uh, when I was watching, I think it's it was uh, Tanner. I think it's in the first Tanner, actually. I think in it's the, the first, first episode. episode. Yep. Yeah. And so, see, you already knew what it was. I don't even. You probably don't even have to see. You just know. It's like, yeah, look. Yep. Spot on. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that later, though. Um, okay. Have uh, the results from last week's poll been overturned yet, though? Uh, which poll that we are the greatest, uh, phenomenal global podcast. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So like I put it out there, um, both of my cats voted. They said I'm the best. Uh, cats cats can't vote. Yeah. They're registered citizens, Jarrett. Didn't you hear this is happening in Michigan too. See, this is what I've been saying all along. It's not a problem, man. Well, in my mind that there are people. They're people. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's right. In my mind, they're mm-hmm. people. Who do you think Alan Moore would have voted for? Alan Moore? <laughs> he, he wouldn't have voted. Well, that's not true. Uh, no, he, that's not true. He was. Uh, he did actually kind of like come out from his uh, wizard hut to yeah. say that people should definitely uh, be voting labor um, for Jeremy Corbyn in the last election because they're like, Jesus Christ, this is... Uh, <laughs> This Boris Johnson bullshit. This is too much, even for him. And mm. and that didn't work out well either. So, <sighs> yeah. So, wait. Are you saying that Alan Moore is involved in politics? Um, He's had some opinions. Over, okay. over, I, mean, I, I think everyone's had politics and opinions all at once sometimes even there is a i think there's a phase though where people try to claim that things aren't political <laughs> and it's like oh it's, yeah. that's so nice what a what a quaint idea do you think people are listening to this podcast and be like oh i wish they weren't getting political which i mean oh. we barely do we don't really <laughs> talk about it at all but at the same time it's like i don't know isn't that just part of everyone is living the same thing right regardless yeah. of your job we're all under the same government no i correct saw- Huh? What one, do you know? What one world order? New world order? New world order? Are you talking about like NWO? Ke- Kevin, Kevin Nash, big sexy, uh, big sexy. I think ha- I saw Holly- Hollywood Hogan. Hollywood Hulk Hogan was Kevin Dunn. No, was he? No, no, no. That's the other company. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Kevin Nash. Um, I saw Scott him Hall. In something. Yeah, Scott Hall. Right. That's Razor Ramon, right? Cor- yes. Yeah, I liked name. when he came out with that toothpick and his yeah. jerry curl, and he was like, "When we all, th- well, I mean, being a 
good old Canadian boys. I guess yeah. I, I thought that was a Cuban man. I didn't know any better. Just, Wait a minute. Just, just like I thought Yokozuna was a Japanese man. Are you telling me that Razor Ramon was not full-blooded Cuban? <laughs> uh, don't, I don't want to break it to you, you know. And they did not show that in the Diamond Dallas page uh, or the, what was it, the rehabilitation of Jake the Snake mm-hmm. when they all go to DDP uh, rehab. Scott Hall is there, but they never addressed his uh, his place of birth. So. No, that's true. Yeah. I feel a little bit cheated. No. it's a nice uh, mug you got there. Is that a goat? This is a big boy, hey? No. This is, so Andrew made me a nice little tea. It's a... Uh, it's actually, I think it's supposed to be a Capricorn. Oh, okay. Like Capricorn's goat head and then fish legs, like a fish tail at the end. But I think it was, I remember when I bought it, it was in the astrology section next to other like a zodiac signs. And I am a Capricorn. So oh, I was, I was just going to say. But I didn't get it just for that. I just think it's fun. Look, it's got a goat yeah. on it. You're such a Capricorn, RJ. I know. People tell me all the time. Apparently we're a little stubborn. <laughs> is what i've heard so what i don't you, know is what you've heard well hot, I don't really, hot damn hot damn rj it's a big boy too i think it holds like almost half a liter it's a huge mug that's like almost huge. 500 mils look it's as big as my head i got some sense. lemon zinger in here sounds about right how's your week been um i mean pretty good i am busy as you know, and uh, that's not bad. I'm I'm working, so that's nice. I have an actual job, so Fantastic. can't complain. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't right now, so a little busy, not watching as much. Just, what? just lording it over us, huh? I've got no. a job. Look at hey, me. Remember when I didn't have a job for like 100 years? So Oh, yeah. yeah. Well aware. Well people aware. Remember. I think it was... Um, it was right after that Orpheus trilogy, or like the, uh, <laughs> like, you know, Orpheus was part of that trilogy of movies. It was right after there. If you listen to that episode, you can hear about tales of jobs and employment. Oh, man. But anyways. That's I'm doing... so long ago. <laughs> I know. I know. If we, were so, if we were so much more innocent. We actually cared about these movies. Well, oh. not cared. Cared is a loose word. We no. tried a little bit. There was there was a passion. There was, there was something yeah. for sure. A thirst. Uh, um, yeah, I'm good. I'm a little busy. Haven't been watching as many shows as I'd like, but you mm-hmm. know, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, it's going to be a race to Christmas, I think. Just, uh, you know, us as a community, I think we're all racing to Christmas. Are you still holding your big shaker, the 200-person Christmas party? Oh, two, 250, man. 250? Yeah. You got it bumped up, eh? Oh, yeah. Cool. Got to accommodate, cool. still- accommodate them all. Are you still going to do the eggnog fountain where everyone can kind of dunk their own cup into it and yeah. stuff? Well, yeah. have like one uh, scoop, one ladle yeah. for everyone. Yep. Yep. Well, I know. Get rid of the ladle. Just let people dunk their mugs oh, in. Even that's, if, that's cool. Yeah. And I mean, it's so good. You can't just have one mug. You mm-hmm. dunk your mug in, you drink it up, dunk it again. Mm-hmm. No problem. Room temperature. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, some of it you go, I don't know if this is actually eggnog. This might just be milk with cinnamon in it. And then, uh, but you keep moving on, powering through your day. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm good. I haven't yelled WAP at any kids in the streets at nighttime lately. Um, Not a whole lot of excitement out of me. It's been real icy out. Have you been slipping in the ice at all? No, I've actually uh, managed to avoid uh, any near 
misses even. He's like, so it's been good. Slips, trips, and falls. We had a, a safety meeting about slips, trips, and falls, and we were it's, instructed. Is, is, is this at the new job? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, well, they're, was... they're, they're on top of you. You yeah. know what? Well... Soon you're going to be learning first aid just like me, and then you too will be able to save a life. Uh, I'd prefer to go the opposite route and oh. take a life. Whoa. You know this is being recorded. <laughs> yeah, well, these are characters we play for podcasts. Uh, what about you? What did you do this week? I'm trying to strike that fine balance, RJ, of movie watching and minifigs. Movie watching and minifigging. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you go? Do you? So here's a good question: in in a given day, Debatable. is it a little bit of both, or is it day by day, one or the other? Well, I I try to commit. So I mean, if I'm going to go, like, get some work done on some on some figurines, I, I got to make a day of it. Like, or an, like a, it's going to be like four hours. Of okay. a stretch and just focused. There's gonna be a plan, an action mm-hmm. plan. Okay. Yeah. So, like, do you ever make anything cool? <sighs> no. Wow. You should no. get into Gundams. Gundams. You should, you should build a Gundam. No, that's not my thing. It's so similar. I'll, to what I'll, you do. I'll watch. I'll watch an anime with some Gundams. Yeah. But uh-huh. making a Gundam. Uh, they're a little too they're a little too big for me you know so you, you just like the painting of the minifigs you don't want the assembly as well right uh there's something about the cleanness of gundams that doesn't appeal to me either i kind of like uh what the kids call grimdark what's grimdark it's exactly what it sounds like i don't know what it sounds like at all well if you take the word grim uh-huh and dark yeah What's what's the image in your head? Darkness. <laughs> yes. So wait, you just oh, build nothing. Goodness. What the what the hell is Grimdark? <laughs> oh, so wait, is this minifigs? Yeah. Or do they? This is minifigs. Okay. It's. I mean, it's a it's general aesthetic, I guess. It allows for uh, mistakes to happen, I guess, and you can still wind up with something that looks pretty decent. Gundams are very clean. Well. Sepia, uh, filth, mm. dirt, dirt spatter is a, a color that you might throw in there. That's the name of think, a paint. Do you think uh, Soderberg and uh, Lars von Trier? Do you think they're into Grimdark? You know, well, uh, I don't know. I, I bet John Carpenter is. Well, no, he's too busy playing video games, dude. Oh, but no, that hey, video games are all about that Grimdark aesthetic. Yeah, that's true. Well, a, a lot that's of people true. think that uh, Dark Souls is sort of the epitome of this style. The, the fact that this look has existed for hundreds of years. Um, no. Ign- ignore that. Ignore all that. It all started it, with Dark Souls. I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it no, happened. No, no, one, no, one, no one was making visual art before Dark Souls, I'm pretty no. sure. I think it's, to be honest, I think it's kind of nuts that you're even suggesting that people were. Like, I think you might get your podcasting card revoked. I didn't realize I was in, man, I can't afford that right now. To get your card taken? It's the only thing that's keeping me going. Well, I mean, you've been pushing the podcast committee like week by week. You you almost had a bad one a week or two ago. It was real bad. Real bad. Real messy. Real bad. Real messy. Yeah. So you're painting, I'm you're painting, finding a fine line. You know, I've been yeah, I'm working on some untamed beasts. That's what they're called. Like uh ogres and uh, stuff. Like, bar- like barbarians. 
What's a barbarian? Like, like uh, you know that Conan? Yeah. Conan O'Brien? Kind of like that. Like Lady Sonya? R- really tall Irishman that hosts night shows. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm painting right now. He's 100% Irish. Mm-hmm. You know? Right? Yeah. Pure cut. Pure cut. Well, interesting. Interesting. You should make, if you can, you should try to make a Gundam. <laughs> I thought I thought we already have somebody on that. Well, I know we we do, but maybe you guys could do it together. Or so like, so wait. Here's a question: Do Gundams come pre pre painted, or do you paint them yourself? The the plastic is colored, but okay. you sh- it's usually some people like stick with that, and then they take a little black marker and do some uh, black line work on there oh. to accentuate certain details. But Would you be pa- one of those lining? people? Um, no, it's too precise for me. You have to get markers. It's again, Gundams are so clean. Uh, if I could like fuck up a Gundam, make it all dirty and gnarly, that'd be kind of fun. I mean, I could do that, but why don't you buy or why don't you make a Gundam and then paint it in the grim dark fashion? Why don't you make a Gundam? And make I don't got no the... time. I can barely watch movies. You, you can DS9 and Gundam at the same time. Is that giving DS9 its proper, it's proper not, credit? It's attention? not, but, well, speaking of Gundam boys. Yeah. We got Sugarhead here. Ooh, no, no, this is a, do you know that this is, Sugarhead's a Gundam guy? You don't want to just. Alleged, allegedly. Okay. Because okay, I, I have, he hasn't bought no Gundams from me. Okay, interesting. So. Interesting. So what's up with him? He's got an email here entitled, Bagged Milk Furda Boys. Ooh, interesting. Hi there, creeps. Last week, you guys had quite an in-depth discussion concerning Canadian dairy products, and as a big milk boy, I thought Ooh. I may be able to weigh in on this topic. From what I've seen, milk comes in bags in Ontario and Quebec, where some mm-hmm. people are separatists, but not all of them. It is yeah. truly the most confusing <laughs> way to package any liquid, but maybe it cuts down on plastic waste. Honestly, not sure. In any case, it comes in a big floppy bag with Three by 1.3 liter bags. Again, why not four times one liter bags inside? Uh, And I've got to say, milk is something I prefer to be in a solid vessel rather than a water balloon. Anyway, the milk Mm -hmm. inside the bags is fine. (laughs) I'd hope so. (laughs) It's like rancid milk. Well, you never know. Putting it in a bag, I think a solid vessel... Is a good a good uh, like idea, right? It keeps it stable. You never know. But, but you don't have to wind up transferring it to something anyway. I guess it's well a re- into, into another a re- into a re- into a reusable solid vessel, I suppose. Yeah, that has an open top, but that's a big but distinction. The, but then you, you got, have to now make. you got this plastic bag. What the fuck are you supposed to do with that? You just throw it in the garbage too. You could Recy- um, eat it. It's recyclable. recyclable. What if it was compostable? <sighs> Do you but, remember when Sun Chips made a compostable bag for like I don't know, oh like yeah, a week, and then they just and then they never happen again. Yeah, people are like these are too loud. They're real. Oh crazy. yeah, <laughs> and everyone was like, well, it's it's like a compostable bag. I don't know what it's supposed to be like. And it's like it crinkles too much, and you're like, okay, whatever, whatever. Okay. Anyways, what were you talking about? Well. Uh, not me, but Sugar Ed says. Oh, anyway, yeah, yeah. I recently read a series of graphic novels on Jared's Ooh. recommendation called Demon. Ooh. 
And it was really good. I am wondering if either of you have other recommendations similar to this. Have a great show, guys. Sugarhead. Big Sugar. He's a heck of a guy. You know that? Heck of a guy. So I'm, I'm glad he weighed in on the bag thing. And I mean, he can say that some of them are separatists and some of them aren't. All I know is... I heard that that's I heard that from someone once, so I'm I'm going to repeat it. That's how that's how facts and logic work, right? Yes. I heard a kid say that the other day. Facts and logic, and I was like, oh, I was like, get out of here. Oh boy. <clears throat> Wait, what were we talking about? Comics. Well, do you have any recommendations for uh, Big Sugar? Hmm. Well, I guess it depends. So he's talking about Jason, Jason, Jason Shiga. Uh, Jason Shiga demons, Jason yeah. Shiga. Yeah. S H I G A Jason Shiga. Um, okay. who did this comic called demons and, uh, that thing, it's not at all what you expect, but my goodness, RJ, the, when I picked, I had heard about this years ago, he was serializing it, uh, in these little mm-hmm. mini comics. I think he did it by mail order online. And I was, I kept waiting and waiting, waiting for it to get collected into some sort of collection and then first second put it out into four volumes and I waited till it was all done and mm-hmm. one day I just started sitting down to read it and it knocked my socks off really yeah the the first volume on Amazon kind of looks like Dilbert it is it has a very stripped down cartoony style hmm. but it, it is a comic book about ideas <laughs> kind of like Dilbert like Dilbert do you think is your recommendation demons or is it Dilbert? Well, it was my recommendation, Demons. Oh, um, okay. I um cannot recommend Dilbert. Why under, not? Under, under any circumstance. This is because that guy's problematic now? Oh, that comic was shit before it turned out that guy was a clown. So anyway. Would you describe Gilbert? Uh, Gil- Gil- Gilbert. Like would you, describe you mean like from D- WCW? Or sorry, W sorry, he was WWF. To make so fun of Goldberg. It well, it's, it gets very confusing. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend? So, if someone is like, "What's your favorite graphic novel?" Ugh. and uh, you That's said what I, Gilbert, I, I'd say Ugh, graphic Ugh. novel. What a what a what stupid a word. What a stupid uh-huh. expression. I hate it. I hate those yeah. words. Anyway, comics. What, yeah. What about them? Well, if you're talking about a, a collection of comics, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. RJ, do you know about Prison Pit? Uh, I do know about Prison Pit. Uh, <laughs> someone recommended it to me once. I got a couple of them, and I got to tell you, it was pretty good. Yeah, Prison Pit by Johnny Ryan. Uh, yeah. That is somewhat in the same vein as Demons. It's a lot faster paced. Actually, Demons is pretty quick paced too, but it's a little bit more uh, of an epic. Prison Pit is brutal battle fight comics as only Johnny Ryan could do. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a collection that I might have just restocked for the store coming in a couple of weeks there, Sugarhead. Just keep your mm-hmm. eyes peeled. Uh, I also would say for comics that jump out at me, I would recommend Ed the Happy Clown by Chester Brown. Ah, uh, Canadian boy Chester Can- Brown, eh? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I pretty well like all of Chester Brown's comics, but Ed the Happy Clown's his like first a graphic novel as it Aww. as it would be put together and uh i think it's pretty great along the same line daniel klaus or close however people want to say his last name it's a weird uh, way to say shia labeouf shia labeouf himself uh-huh. uh, like a velvet glove cast in iron is probably one of my mm-hmm. favorite of his 
But I mean, he also is the man behind the Ghost World comic. Uh, David Boring, Dan Pousset. Who? Pousset. Okay. It's pronounced Pousset, RJ. Okay. Interesting. Pretty, Interesting. pretty, both very good. And kind of like outside of the, um, when people say here comics, they're thinking, where's Batman? <laughs> well, where is Batman? Uh, not, none of these comic books, none of these ones. Yeah. You only like James Tinian, the fourth well, Batman books, well, which is the strangest <laughs> Batman books to be a fan of. It's exactly what a Batman comic should probably be. <laughs> but, Have you seen... Have you seen how often that panel from Batman uh, meets Ninja Turtles gets passed around? No, because that doesn't get shared in my circles, I guess. Uh, I think uh, I think I've seen it. I think a, a couple different people have sent it to me actually, because it got someone like tweeted it a, a month ago or something, and it's that thing where it's Batman and he's like, "This is the alley where my parents died." Raphael and Michelangelo <laughs> underneath is like, "Cow a bummer." <laughs> so, is that a comic book? I mean, it sounds self-aware. That's James Tinian the fourth, bud. Mm-hmm. Got to say the fourth. The fourth. Well, if you don't say the fourth, I feel like he'll well, get you. You, you get confused because you're like, "Was well, this Tinian the second writing comics? The third? The fifth? And then you go, and you go, well, "Wait a minute, where is this third? Fourth? Yeah. Anyways, keep anyways, going. Yeah, good. Um, I guess probably in the demons realm too, because of its uh nature. I would maybe even say Reese. Have you read any manga? Ooh, manga. <laughs> Big manga. New manga. Do you think we, we should make our own manga? Data manga. Ooh. <laughs> See what I mean? That's pretty nice. Some data fanfic manga. Uh, last time, I think last week even, we were talking about that Junji Ito. Uzumaki <laughs> is, I think, your uh, first stop. You oh, yeah. got some uh, Urasawa comics i don't know if you've read any of his things like 20th century boys oh. uh, monster mm-hmm. uh, he's he's one of those the big names i guess i i would say that he's kind of on the he's fairly accessible his stuff's like feels like north american genre stuff but not very well drawn uh berserk i think mm-hmm. is uh that thing so we saw so many copies of that thing i i when i, when I first started reading it ages ago i was like this is some this is some grim dark RJ. Oh man, Berserk. Oh yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it around, but I've never yeah. read it. I think a lot of people watch the the anime on. Cause I think it's on Crunchyroll. Maybe like there was like a revamp that was on Netflix. Yeah. So I think people got turned on to it by that. Uh we've talked about Hellboy and BPRD, which are very different, very different things. But yeah, but you've you've read those Hellboys. I've read all the Hellboys. I haven't read the BPRDs, but it uh, I own them because someone made me buy them. That's right. Yeah. Uh, also, maybe fitting into the maybe more of the demons of, uh, line would be the cartoonist Michael DeForge, who oh, has yeah. a whole bunch of comics that's hard to pinpoint one. I think the, the one I would recommend... Uh, I think it's out of stock and I can't order it in, but it's probably other other venues. Uh, it's called Very Casual. And it's just a collection of short stories of his. Some of that stuff is like so good. Uh, how like, casual is it? I don't. Uh, how, I don't like, know. could you drop in like whenever and it was? And well, it, was it okay. is short. Yeah. It is short stories. So yes. Okay. Yeah, so no, pretty no, casual. No commitment. Is it a graphic novel? Unknown. Uh, only a committee could decide that. Yeah. I think. Um, you know? If you want to do some. Digger, uh, D 
deeper digging. Uh, you can try to track down a copy of They Live in Me by Jess Jacobs. Sounds is, gross. It's it's about a house. It's oh, okay. Yeah. Is it from? Is it a story from the it house's is. perspective? Oh my god. <laughs> it is RJ. It's wow. A, it, Actually, I think you've told me about that before, it's really but good. just the, the concept is funny. It is. It, it works yeah. though. Uh, and then of course, like the big ones, I always mention to people. It's like you know, probably should read From Hell. It you might not finish it the first time, but the second time when you go through it, I think it's one of the best comics. If there is mouse it took you know, me a while not gonna lie no yeah that you have to get through yeah. that you have to get through that chapter of uh the tour of uh london that's yeah. it reads a lot better the second time yeah it actually makes yeah. and it actually once you're if you're a little bit more invested in it it works really well and then yeah there's mouse mouse is mm-hmm. uh i think lives up to the hype People like to say mm. that. I think it does. And yeah, Love and Rockets, uh, particularly the Jaime Hernandez stuff. People get, I think, turned off by the fact that he draws at the begin. Well, I mean, mostly it looks a lot like Archie Comics, which is completely intentional. But mm-hmm. man, when you get into those characters and so that story, what a what a world. What uh, what do you, what does character mean? What does character mean? Yeah. Well, I know there's a character brush that Army Painter sells for painting miniatures. That's what you're, mm. is that what you're asking? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, and yeah, Furry Trap by Josh Simons. Oh, oh no! Always. Don't make don't make Sugarhead oh, read that he'll, thing. He'll love it. I, I have a copy of it if you if you'd like, uh, but uh, I don't know how that would play with uh, with people who aren't Jarrett types. You know, Jarrett types. Um, and then yeah. oh, I got one last one too. If, if you if the, if the comedy of demons appeals, uh, misery is comedy by Ivan Brunetti. Uh, I don't know that one. No, it's it's the collection. It came out a while ago. He did a comic like three or four issues called Schizo. And okay. it is bleak, bleak one panel comic gags. My goodness, one well, panel. Or, or, well, he, he transitions to that. I think at the big, I think the book's going to have his stuff where it was like comic pages still. But my goodness, you've never seen Suicide so hilarious. I mean, I have, but uh, um, you know, you know, that gives me an idea. This one panel thing. You know what we should do? We should no. whenever we're done. We should just do one panel podcasts and week by week, it'll be like 10 or 88 and then it'll be either. Yep. Nope. And that's it. One panel. Yep. That, nope. I mean, we'd be able to do it. Like probably we, we could get through all thousand of the yeah. to, get, get to Godzilla in short order. Yeah. We would still release it as podcasts, three hour episodes, but uh, we'll just loop our voice. Nope. We got to nope. do, we have to do the intro. Yep. And then just no, and then then outro. Yep. Yeah. So you still have to edit them all together. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you got some good picks in there. Some things I would have said. One thing I'll add to that is, so I have Prison Pit. Prison Pit is pretty good. I'd say uh, a more tame version of that was that uh, Headlopper comic book. I, I, I think was, it... I was saving Headlopper for you actually. Cause, ah, yeah. yeah. You you see you know where I was gonna go. Mm-hmm. It's they're very similar. They have like. They have a similar like uh, tone for comedy, I think, and a presentation. But uh, Prison Pit's a little bit more uh, like risque, I guess. Like this podcast. Like this podcast. Yeah, Prison Pit's more after dark only fans, <laughs> and uh, Headwopper is more only hams 
there's a lot of like ham and stuff in that one. So it's a little bit more playful. Yeah. That one's pretty good. Very nice looking comic. Yeah. I mean, I would just recommend Jeff Lemire stuff, but I believe I've done that for four years whenever people ask comic book questions. Uh, I did see he's doing an Eddie Vedder thing, which is pretty cool. I'm a Pearl Jam boy, Jarrett. I've seen them in concert three times. Not too bad. Not too bad. So I don't know if you heard about that, but that's pretty neat. Uh, so I like Jeff Lemire. I don't know. I think you probably hit all of the any of the things I would talk about. Probably. I uh, I read more of the mainstream stuff than you do. I oh. don't read more like Batman's and. Oh, I read all that crap too. I just I, uh, I just <laughs> I don't I don't recommend it to people. Well, you know what's a good mainstream one that I know that you'll be like, that's all right, is uh, Alan Moore Swamp Thing. Yeah. It's mainstream-ish. Oh, yeah. No, I, right? I, oh, yeah. That's that's an awesome comic series, I think. Yeah. So Alan Moore's uh, uh, Swamp Thing. You know, what I, you know what else I like in, like, say, the, Swamp Thing's not Elseworlds, but in the Elseworlds kind of thing is I really like the the Red Rain oh, uh, yeah. Batmans. I don't know what it is. I just, I think the look of it is so cool. I like the really, really big ears. Ke- Kelly Jones Batman. The, yeah, anything Kelly Jones. Um, so the Red Rain stuff is cool. I also like, uh, I can't remember who drew the cult, but I like how big Batman's ears oh, are in the uh, cult. Uh, ba- ba- Bernie, Ber- or Jim Starlin? Bernie Wright's Jim Starling. That sounds right. Star- Starling? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. No. There's some yeah. cool stuff like yeah. that. Yes. Batman? Yeah. Batman? Batman? Comics? What about uh, Dragon Ball Z, Jarrett? If you're For the in, manga boys. If, yeah, it's Bernie Wrightson who drew the cult. And it was Jim Star- J- 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 uh, Starlin wrote it. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense because yeah. uh, Bernie Wrightson, the oh, big years, it's kind of like Swamp Thing. And, and uh, Bill Ray did the coloring, which is yeah. awesome, actually. Yeah. See, I, I like the cult. I always have. People seem not to people seem to be hard on it. They're like, oh, the cult's not good. But I remember when I read it, I was like, I think this is cool. I like it. You know but you know who Bill Ray is? Uh, I know Bill Z. Bub. Is that the same? Unfortunately <laughs> no, not. Okay. Uh, no, Bill Ray, like, he was the painter for backgrounds and stuff on Ren and Stimpy. Oh, okay. If, I don't know if you I don't know if you were deep into the Ren and Stimpy or not. No. That was a, that was a bit before your time, I guess. Yeah. No, and see that's the same reason I don't think I'd like well, I never really liked the Ren and Stimpy vibe. Uh that's why I don't think I ever got into Wonder Chosen, Ren and Stimpy. And I'm gonna hit you with the bomb jerk. I never really got into South Park. Never really cared for it. What I about, watched a couple of them. I was like, this is okay, but what about uh, what about Beavis and Butthead? Uh, that one I like a little bit more because it is of, of uh, its of its like neat of its how it ties its into nature. King of the Hill. Do you want to hear something really funny that happened today? What? So I uh, there are these two kids, and uh, they're kind of like chowderhead boys, uh, but they're pretty good. They don't like do anything bad, and uh, they were one of them was just laughing really hard, and I was like. I looked, I was like, why are you laughing? And he was like, uh, he had an AirPod in and I could hear like some noise, but I was like, what are you listening to? And I, I leaned a little closer and the sound I heard was just, it was just fart sounds. He was just listening to fart sounds. And I was like, I like this. <laughs> I said, can you email me that, uh, that playlist please? Cause, uh, I, I think I have use for it. So anyways, okay. how do we, yeah. Beavis and butthead farts cornholes and stuff like that music video watching whatever so uh yeah 
another a deep cut I'll throw out there uh, for that just Jacob's uh, uh, the the horror story where it's from the house's perspective. Uh, oh, yeah. So that got published by Hollow Press, this Italian company. They also published this guy named Spugna. Who does these? Okay. Like it's this is like total prison pit comics. Like in the mm. in the way they look, they're not the it doesn't have the grotesquery of a Johnny Ryan. But these mm-hmm. things are so gorgeous. Like oh, they're so I have to do another order because there's been some new uh, volumes that have come out. But mm. they are fantastic. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Yep. I'm a big Shia LaBeouf fan. I love his manga. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, so. Comics. Comics. What else do we do on this thing? Uh, we read Actium Jackson Maximus's emails. Holy shit. What's he doing? Well, uh, with an email entitled, Remains to be Seen. Mm. Hey, creeps. Hope you're all having a good week. But this slander has to stop. Oh, Italy? Or did we do something else? I was okay with the little jabs that you guys would make in regards to Italians. <laughs> A little insensitive, but I know how to roll with the punches. But this assassination of character concerning not only me, but Jarrett, Sam, and now Aaron Lang has gone too far. Hmm. I will not be labeled as a bad dude because I watch (laughs) Japanese softcore and moderately enjoyed Bad Girls Go to Hell. Doris Wishman fucks. And I feel that once fellow PhDs in perversion, the doctors have... Deviants weigh in on the matter. RJ and any other uh, who voice their disdain for the exquisite exploitation endeavor will understand the error of their ways and give the film the proper praise it deserves. Good to see that Jared checked out remains to be seen and the passing. I think I was the creep who recommended that one. In light of the discussion of weird movies last week, I'd second Jared's mention of evangelical propaganda horror, although I believe I enjoyed it more so than Jared. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Uh, The Eternal Evil of Asia, Suro, Alien Mm -hmm. Hitchhiker, Certified RJ Picks, and Mm. George Cooker's Weather Diary, Better Than Lynch, Prime Sad Bastard Cinema, and Perfect for Background Noise When Painting Minifigs. Ooh. Keep up the trekking, airbrushing, and whatever else brings you joy in life. Actium Jackson Maximus. Well, I'm glad that he left on a, a nice, mm-hmm. soft little note there. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that we should crank up our uh, Italian Zeno uh, phobia. Is that how that is? I was going to say, I mean, it's not slander if we're fictional, right? And it's also not slander if it's a true fact, right? Facts and logic, no. right, Jared? Well, uh, man, I'm going to weigh I've, in I'm, on this I've, I've, also. Okay. Well, I'm just saying I'm feeling the pressure build on watching this bad girls go to hell. I think you should because so I got <sighs> a comment on uh, on my review in the last week. Uh, a new challenger has entered the arena here, Jarrett. Uh, a man that we know, we know him, we love him. He's the love machine. He's Sam Loveland himself. And uh, he commented, he said, going to weigh in here. Not a good movie. So uh, that scores one up for the good guys. So me and Sam Loveland are on the right side of history. And the rest are bad dudes, I would guess. (laughs) So take it as it is. Well, you know, maybe I'll uh, watch Bad Girls Go to Hell next week. Because we're going to be being joined by a, a fellow degenerate. Next week? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. 
Holy shit. <laughs> Holy, f- I didn't realize that was next week. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, people, see, now now I know people always bail before the end of the episode, but now people are going to be like, well, who is it? We have to wait and find out. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Interesting. We're booking up, man. Yep. Uh, yes, it was. I mean, I know Jackson did mention the passing. I think, yeah, on, on in combination with, I think Sam Sanchez also uh, dropped four stars on it. So I think it was like, I mean, those, those two recommendations, I guess, and Vinegar Syndrome all came together. And uh, I watched that Blu-ray just the other night. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I checked out this Remains to be Seen. I saw it. Jackson Loggett on Letterboxd. It had a nice uh, captivating poster still, I guess, from it. Okay. And it was only like 17 minutes and on YouTube, which is, again, all, all I needed to see. Is that good? Uh, I'll talk about it later. All right. Okay. You're going to check out The Eternal Evil of Asia and Suro, Alien Hitchhiker? I check out Alien Hitchhiker. Okay. Yeah, I'd check that out. If I can find a legal means to acquire it, sure. Well I know that, well I know the Eternal Evil of Asia I think I just saw was on YouTube. Hmm. I'm not gonna check. Fine. <laughs> you wanna hear from Justin Peterson? Yeah, you know it, buddy. The wrong damn movie. Oh, did he get hit like I did that one time? <sighs> Well, that's probably his question. Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? I like those Robert Altman movies. I used to be into politics since I was a political science major in college, and my middle son is named Tanner. So needless to say, I'm curious to hear about this week's feature movie. And I bet RJ is so glad to be done with it so he can watch his most anticipated movie in the collection next next week. Uh, have we built up uh, that fat girl that much? I know I've talked about it once in a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't believe it's uh, it's here already. I, I was hoping fat girl wouldn't come for another couple of years. She's coming. I, I know. Oh, Lord, she coming. I know. I know. Anyways. So have you ever watched the wrong damn movie? Well, it recently happened to me when I watched Broadway Melody, since it is a Best Picture winner. But when I put it up, uh, pulled it up on the old letterbox, I saw that I had seen the 1949 remake instead of the 1929 Oscar-winning original. I watched the correct one the following night, and the 1949 was one was much better. So I guess it turned out for the best. Has this hmm. ever happened to you? Well, I know this has happened a couple times to dear listener Oliver Granger. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. at least twice mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it happened to him i think it was happening so often that uh i'm pretty sure he gave up but, oh yeah i think so yeah i think he gave up no. yeah i remember it, it hit him up more than uh more than once so henry v oh fuck yeah yeah that was another one um I, that was definitely why i can't remember i can't remember what the other one was off the top of my head but poor son of a bitch hmm yeah, that's too bad. I think I told you that, um, what was it, uh, on um, during Creeptober, I, I was trying to watch The Barn, and I was like 20 minutes into The Barn, and it was the wrong barn. I almost, I, I should have finished it, actually, because it was a horror movie, The Barn, but uh, I didn't. I just got bummed out, and I stopped. Well, the closest I've come is, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just confirming this because it's been a bit, 
Uh, are you familiar with the movie Ass Wing? No. <laughs> well, how many ass wings do you think there are? <laughs> well, apparently more than one. But I oh, wouldn't have guessed that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> so many. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Well, anyway, so there was some like horror movie list back like it was like the best movies from the best horror movies of the 90s mm-hmm. and uh there was asswing okay and what else happened well from it? there's two of them there's one from 1992 and there's one from 1994 one stars a whole bunch of white guys and okay. another one is a filipino movie and so, in fact, it's an, in fact like Aswing is like a Filipino ghost story. Um, is it spelt A S S W A N G? Only one S. So not Aswing. <laughs> well, it's funnier to say Aswing. What about Wang Computers? Is that in the same uh, wheelhouse? Wang Computers. I don't know. This yeah. is kind of like that. Uh, La Llorona, where it's a it's a whole uh, thing. Because there's like 19 of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it kind of happened to me. I don't know about this ass wing but, business. But to this day, but... I I don't know if I watched the right ass wing. Oh well, didn't you say one was Filipino and the other wasn't? But I don't know which one it was supposed to be because on the list it just said like it was like a 90s movie, and it was ass wing, and I'm like, well. So I watched. I, I know I've watched the American one, but I don't know if that's supposed to be the good one or not. And it was bad. So I mean, I'm in no rush to watch 1992s. And the, and the other thing is, they both have two directors. This is too much ass wing for one person. So when are you gonna finish this? Because I feel like people need to know. Um. Well. After Bad Girls Go to Hell. Apparently, at one point, it was on Prime. It looks like. Oh, okay. Ass wing is on Prime. Let's see. Let me pull up my Amazon, okay. my ass Prime here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ass wing. Oh, I do. I see that uh, Holly Horror also points this out that this particular ass wing from 1992 is available on Prime, and not to be confused with the other ass wing from 1994 released by Mondo Macabro. <clears throat> that might be American Prime. Yeah. So I'm not getting any ass wing on my end. Damn. Well, I hope you do one day live to watch the other one. Yeah. And then tell me about it. Or don't. We'll do. We'll do, RJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you just got uh, recently wrong movie with The Barn. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like, it's probably happened other times. I just can't remember it. I know. That, that well, I feel like you've, recent. I feel like on this podcast, you've messaged me for clarification <laughs> on things. Oh, yeah. So um, I think at least one maybe two of the times that oliver granger watched the wrong movie i think i almost did too but the only reason i didn't was because i think i asked you first i was like which one is these uh there was one thing i i did mix up too which um i remember now uh i did mix up my man godfrey because originally i was watching it and it was like a colorized version of it oh, right. or something and i was like what is this i was like i feel like this isn't supposed to be in color uh 
And then uh, I think I asked you and you're like, oh, yeah, it's not a color movie. That's like a later thing. I was like, oh, OK. So I, I think I did finally eventually get the black and white. But that's I mean, I don't know. Some people might mm-hmm. care about that stuff. I probably it went to bother me, but I was just trying to do the right thing and right, watch the right one. You know, can you guys think of any great movies that were made based on the success of another franchise? For instance, my family watched all of the Jaws movies this year. So recently, we decided to check out the Jaws ripoff, Orca, the Killer Whale, which was ridiculously bad. Ghoulies is another ripoff uh, one that comes to mind. Also, are there any other killer animal movies that you would recommend, like Lake nope. Placid and Anaconda? <laughs> nope. What about Roar? Uh, yeah, Roar is the only exception because that in that one... It's the animals are the champions and uh, no harm comes to them in any way in that movie. It's all about Mayans beating people up. <laughs> and I think that that is pretty good. Uh, other than that, I am not a big fan of the uh, the animal attack movies. But I mean, I know you've seen a few, so you might oh, have no. an opinion on that. Uh, I'm pulling up a list. Let's see what I got. What was the first part of that? Again? Uh, franchise, like something that like uh, came out of a like it's like a I guess it was almost like a based on the success of another franchise. So like a movie came out and then they're like, Oh, let's do that. Well, how about Friday the 13th, which sure. would have come out of like Halloween, arguably. Yep. Uh, or like, I mean, that would be one. Cause there's was like, mm, yeah, Halloween would be that. Cause the biggest one there. What about fantastic beasts? The Harry Potter thing <laughs> that only exists because of the success of Harry Potter in general. Yeah. And they're still trying to make work, even though there's a. It sounds like that's. They should just kind of let it go. I yeah. think leave, it didn't make any money. Leave well enough alone. Yeah. So I'm looking at a list. It's got 125 films called Killer mm-hmm. Animals. Uh, okay. Let's take a look. I've seen 35 out of on this list. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. Is there any that I don't consider? Well, pigs isn't really a killer animal movie. Come on. Are the people being fed to the pigs? Yeah. So uh, but they're not like style? but they're not but they're not like pigs on a rampage. Uh yeah, that doesn't count. Well, uh Slither. Slither like James Gunn's Slither, the alien movie? Yeah. <laughs> like seriously? That's on this list. That's not an animal attack movie, that's an alien movie. Wow, well, how about Slugs? <laughs> slugs is an animal attack movie. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Slugs is, Slugs is a good time. Slugs is gnarly. Uh, yeah, uh, backcountry. Just talked about that the other oh, week. That's a, yeah. that's got a really good bear mauling. I mean, it's not an animal attacks movie. It's like in that case, like the Edge would be an animal attack movie. I That'd guess. be my pick. <laughs> I'm going with the Edge. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Piranha is Dece. Uh, I I didn't like it as much as I think it. I think that movie's oversold. Well, well, oversold in that I gave it three stars. No, not even you. I think what it was was back when I used to listen to podcasts. Oh, I don't anymore. Yeah, I don't. But do there that. was don't, that. No one should listen to podcasts. Yeah, I think yeah. we can. I think that's clear at this point. I'm telling people every every week, especially on this podcast, do something else. We suck. We're not interesting. Um, but yeah, when I used to listen to podcasts, uh, I think that horror movie one uh, that is now canceled, I think they talked about Piranha all the time and I was like, must be good. But then that was probably before I learned not to trust uh, those people's opinions. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's fine. I just, uh, I was like, I felt like this was amped up more than uh, more than I got out of it, you know? 
well, yeah, and I guess like I mean, asking about like like with in terms of like Lake Placid and Anaconda, uh, watch Larry Fessenden's Beneath. Oh yeah, no. yeah, with uh, Fish Boy the Chonk. That's right, Chunky Boy. Yeah, no. nice, nice. Goat movie question of the week. Mm-hmm. Over the last couple nights, I have been watching Future Creep Shay, starring Benicio del Toro. So mm-hmm. what do you think his best movie is? I guess I would have to go with Past Creep, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, since that performance really came around for me when we talked about it on the show together. Mm-hmm. Benicio. Well. We're doing a Benicio del Toro uh, fan cam? Mm-hmm. Benicio del Toro. Not to be confused with the other del Toro, right, Jared? No. Benicio. So I know Jarrett's is uh, he really likes his appearance in The Last Jedi. As uh, that stuttering guy, oh, fuck me. or or is your favorite uh, him in uh, Avengers: Infinity War as the Collector? Well, I never, I never saw that. Yeah, but you can still have an opinion on it. You don't have to see what these movies this? to talk about them. That's true. Mine is probably the Wolfman. Oh, it's it's not Usual Suspects. I don't. And that's another one. Like, I feel like that. I think I just missed the time for that. Everyone's like, "Usual Suspects." Brian Singer. He didn't touch all those kids. And I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." I just, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get. Again, I didn't get much out of Usual Suspects. But maybe that's just me. Uh man. He's a uh, goddamn. It's no. I, I, it hasn't been that long since I watched The Hunted. But he doesn't really jump out at me in that movie at all. He's that movie in it. is cool, though. It's decent. It's yeah. it's a uh, it's it's piranha good. It's know the edge. It's know the edge. Yeah. <laughs> Few things are. Um, in the pledge, he has quite the uh, performance. If you've ever seen that. In the pledge. The pledge of Jack Nicholson, directed by J- oh, yeah. Sean Penn. Yeah. I've seen parts. I like. I've seen most of the pledge, but in like. In segments, if that makes sense. He's got like I don't know. Like, did he just stop making movies, really? Or no, did he's I, in. I, I just stopped watching the movies he was in. He was he's in, in like, Sicario new movies. Wow. And then just, Marvel Disney movies. Is, is he, remember, remember Traffic? Remember that? Yeah. Well, you're you didn't see Avengers: Infinity War, so you didn't see him there. Uh, you didn't Ooh. see him in the last. Oh, well, you Ooh. did watch the last. Jedi. Where the hell's the French Dispatch? When when is that going to come? Canceled. Well, it's coming eventually, but nope. No. Canceled forever. Uh, yeah, I guess I think my answer is the Wolfman. In like all seriousness, do you remember the Wolfman? No. It had a good preview. I liked the preview when he's like, "I'll kill everyone," in his Benincio voice. I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. that's spooky." God cool. damn. I guess he's in somewhere, allegedly. Allegedly, he's in the credits somewhere. <laughs> is your oh, is your favorite movie of his? Um, what is this Gilman thing? Creature feature fifty years of the Gilman. Oh, Benicio del Toro is in this. Is what? As himself? Maybe it's like there's a clip of him as a wolf man in it. Oh, maybe. So that came out in 2004. When did Wolfman come out? Oh, I think no. 2005 or 6, no? Wolfman's late. 2010. Yeah, it's like later than that. Huh. So maybe he just really likes the Gilman? Maybe. <laughs> and he's just in that. Some days I just pretend I'd go to the bathtub. I would flop on my gills. Oh, 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 oh. That's a hell of a Benicio impersonation. 
Do you remember in Sicario when he's like, oh, and you're like, oh, flapping the gills. Yeah. Foodie question of the week. Yeah. What are your favorite fried foods? And do they have (sighs) fairs in Canada that offer a variety of fried sweets like funnel cakes and fried Oreos, Twinkies, and so on? I would have to go with some of that finger-licking good southern fried chicken or fish from Captain D's or Culver's. Well, we don't have Captain D's or Culver's. Nope. So that's unfortunate. Um, What's your favorite fried food, Jarrett? We do have fairs. We have one fair in our town, but it's, Mm. um, it's a little... It leaves a little bit to be desired, you know what I mean, Jared? Mm-hmm. When you go home, you you really appreciate the shower afterwards, I think. <laughs> but they have a delicacy there called elephant ears, which yes. is just a huge a huge piece of fried bread yep. uh, covered in cinnamon sugar, and that is aces. It's one of the best, mm-hmm. right, Jared? Yep, uh, cinnamon and butter. Yeah, yeah, it's buttered and then like cinnamon cinnamon sugar, and it is that's it. Very good. Yeah, big Ooh. old big old doughy thing big fry bread no. Oof. Yeah. Ooh, baby yeah that's pretty well it. um yeah i don't know if you go to like some of these uh english style pubs they will have like deep fried mars bars and stuff like that on the menu um scotch eggs scotch eggs you're a scotch egg boy no i've never yeah. had one actually i've had a and bunch, guess what i, I won't be very I, good and i won't be eating one anytime soon either i missed my window well, I mean, the places I've had them in town that do it, because like there were, I feel like there was a wave where every bar pub in Lethbridge, oh, yeah. or Creepsville, sorry, every bar bub, bar bub, uh, place here had their own Scotch egg, and I tried a bunch of them, and like all of them, I was like, I don't think this is how it's supposed to be. So it's like it's not as good as I think it can be. Scotch eggs, you like fish and I chips. I. Do, but I have a problem with it. One time in high school, I, uh, me and the rest of the football team went to the all-you-can-eat Joey's only uh, fish and chips uh, before a game. It was the heart. It was one of the worst days of my entire life. That day, <laughs> the entire offensive line, me and me included, were just puking our fucking asses off the entire game. Like one guy prolapsed. That's how hard he's puking. <laughs> It came out, huh? Yeah, it, yeah, it was good. coming so hard out one end. The other end was just like, we're out too. Uh, yeah, that was one of the worst experiences of my life. So I do like fish and chips, but I can only I can only eat it like once a year. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm just good. It's like I don't want to see it again for like an entire year. Did you ever eat so, uh, Bottomley's? Uh, yeah, I I have. but um, I mean, they're long clothes now too. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it was so long ago, I can't really remember what they, it was like. They had, uh, like, these deep-fried mushrooms that were, like, pretty mm. damn good. Yeah. But you're not a mushroom fan. No, I am not a mushroom boy. So you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. For the for the fried foods, I mean, I think anything fried is good. And, pretty like, you much. have your staples. You got your onion rings. You got your corn dogs. That's all well and good. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge matzo stick guy. You are. Okay love matzo sticks Man, yeah see? folks you don't stand between him and his uh matzo sticks at arby's oh you're liable to get devoured yourself i love matzo sticks the best the best and worst i've ever had was i was in washington dc and there was a guy fietti triple d approved place and they had matzo sticks and i swear to god i have a picture i'll try to find it send it to you later but it was like the size of a can 
that's how big it was. It was it was a brick of matzah, and it oh. was really good. But I uh, I ate too many of them. <laughs> I got sick. And then what? And then what happened, RJ? <laughs> I threw up. Did did did, but, so, did did something come out the other end? <laughs> uh, I didn't prolapse. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's usually uh, a plus. But uh, yeah, uh, I got really sick. But that didn't. I didn't. It didn't curb it for me. I still really like matzo sticks. It was just uh yeah, matzo sticks. That's my answer. Uh, we, we used to have a restaurant, Cheesecake Cafe, here. Oh. And uh, I just know that I knew at least three people who had fish and chips there who got yeah. violently ill afterwards. And this was over, over the course of like, you know, three, four years. Yeah. So not a recommendation. But they burnt down and never rebuilt. I, so I was going to say, it don't matter. They burnt down. So we're good. I, just, I, I, I don't know. How, I don't know how that happens. I guess like they're just leaving that fish out way too long, and then by the time they bread it and fry it, it's like, well, it's it's living in there. Um, or or it's the high fat it just hits the body at the wrong time and uh, explosivo. Yeah, I mean, I've had some explosive stuff both ends. Uh, I, we actually, I can hardly believe it. We. Uh, we actually had a really bad stint like five, six years ago where we were frying stuff at home mm-hmm. and we were like making pancake batter to like fry like sweet stuff like Oreos and candy bars and shit. And it was good. But I think after like a, a couple of weeks, we were like, we got to stop. Clothes, like, something... clothes just stop fitting. Uh, well, I don't think it was even that. I think uh, I think Andrea's heart hurt. She was like, I can feel <laughs> inside my body. She's like, my heart hurts. And it was like, yeah, well, maybe we better cool it. That's all. like that's like a that's like a Homer Simpson right there. Well, it's, he's like, you're gonna live in my house. You're gonna live by my yeah, rules. Gotta, Butter up you, your bacon. You gotta put that fire out with a little beer, beer on top. A little beer will put the fire out. Yeah. Oh. So Woo. lots of good stuff. You like that fried chicken? Uh, I do like fried chicken a lot, but I feel like I don't know. I'm I there. I've had really good fried chicken at places. When I went to Denver with the with the boys in March before COVID hit, uh, we went to a nice restaurant. I got fried chicken. And it was really good, really good. Mm. But I mean, I like KFC, Popeyes. We have here. I've had twice now, and it's I eat. No, I eat. But I mean, I didn't get the. I didn't get like the pieced fried chicken i got one time i got a sandwich and one time i got tenders i like tenders too by the way mm-hmm. in case you're asking yeah you can mail those to rj yeah send me some uh chicken tendies we'll see fried send them send them to him fried so he doesn't Preferably. have to so when they get to him he can just eat them oh well, yeah that's how food works idiot toy talk okay what have been some of the best christmas gifts you have received as an adult I as an adult. As an adult, I would have have to go with my PA system I got last year that has been useful in so many ways, including playing spooky music while I was handing out candy on Halloween and using nice. the mic to talk to trick or treaters and yell at the ones that skipped my house. Uh, my, That's pretty good. I my, like that. My PS3 and PS4 were also highlights, along with my pole chainsaw. Oof! Do you got a chainsaw, Jarrett? I do not. Do you want one? I'm good. Okay. Just thought I'd ask. Have okay. you painted any ch- minifig chainsaws lately? Yes. Wow. Look at that. I have. 
Corpse grinder call. Oh, is that a chainsaw? It gets it's more of like a flenser saw. Mm, you don't need debatable. to get into the particulars. You're already a big enough nerd. Okay. Well, that's that's part of the territory, RJ, of being a nerd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Prepare, get very particular. I'm new to it, okay? So I just yeah, I, I just don't know these things. Yeah, you and your calm badge. Uh excuse me for trying to liven and brighten up the days of my coworkers and uh colleagues. Dressing up a little bit, wearing a com badge, and I'm I wear it at home. I think it's pretty cool. I'm gonna wear that thing all day. Every day. Best Christmas gifts you received as an adult, RJ. As an adult? No. I don't know. As, so, um, as someone who celebrates Christmas. Do you not? Are you a festivist guy? Sure. Yeah? yeah. You're, you do Christmas. I, um, I eat. Fuck. I don't know, dude. That's actually kind of like the what we've been doing the last couple of years. Like, uh, Andrew and I exchange gifts, and uh, they're, like, they're always good. Um, there are things that usually it's kind of like things we need. I like to ask for, for presents. It's like, I kind of need this because I've, I have this bad habit of just buying stuff on my own. So gifting for me is like troublesome because it's like, I already have a bunch of junk, you know? So I, I like to get stuff I need, man. You know what? You know, what's a good Christmas gift as, as an adult socks and underwear. And I'm, I'm saying that genuinely because like as a kid, you hate it, mm. but as an adult, Saves you a trip to the store. New socks and underwear, it's pretty nice just because, I don't know about you, but I blow through them pretty fast, both socks and underwear. Well, I mean, it is all that uh, deep fried food. Yeah, Andrew was taking pictures for a while of uh, my my underpants when I was wearing them because they were, um, there was one pair uh, and they were my favorite pair, Jarrett. And they were falling apart, mm-hmm. but they still fit. And I mean, they had some air holes, but <laughs> speed holes, speed holes. Yeah. But they kept me fast. So, uh, yeah. I, I, I wish I had them still, but yeah, socks and underwear. I, I'm going to go with that. I know that's lame, mm-hmm. but whatever. It's a nice practical gift. What about you? Um, I had an artist residency paid for me. That's pretty good. Uh, as a Christmas gift? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But wait, did you know that art's not real? I have heard that. Oh, okay. You, at the time, you probably didn't know that, though. Well, I mean, I, I spent that month watching DS9. Oh. <laughs> amongst many, many, many other things. You can all check that out March 2012, May 2012. What's going to happen May 2012? I don't know yet. Well, it's like, okay. isn't that the uh, the Mayan calendar? Aren't we all are we uh, are, are, are we all dead? I hope. Maybe we are. Maybe we didn't make it out of 2012. Are you saying that we are currently lost? Well, there's also the potential that we're um, Phil K. Dick uh, had the idea that we we're like still in like the year the ma- 31 or the 30 Matrix? or 34 A.D. and we're like all like Roman legionnaire living things over and over and over again isn't that something is that is that a thing you hearing about this you're about this seeing this uh i've never heard about that but i mean it probably pro- pro- it's, it's a simulation rj it's a simulation like, like the matrix 2 matrix reloaded p.s don't worry oh. rj 
Eyes Without a Face week will be here before you know it, but not before you must get through next week's movie. Yeah, I did. I, I honestly, I wasn't looking at the schedule at all, so I, I completely, I didn't realize Fatgirl was next week, and um, I don't think I'm gonna like this movie, Drew. Well, but we'll see. You never know. There'll be, there'll be things to make it a good week. Is there gonna be a lot of screen capping in this movie? Yes. Well, you're gonna find out. All right. Got another email. We hot off the presses did, did well, we get this while no. we were talking we got emails from two sams holy shit is Man. this the love machine it's like a double rainbow this is huh. sam sanchez oh okay interesting no what's subject? he doing hey guys so last week you guys discussed a pet peeve or mostly mr bobby Baylog did about people <laughs> believing everyone in canada knows each other Honestly, part of me almost felt that way initially after listening to at least four films-related podcasts with hosts from Canada. It would cross my mind that surely all of you ran in the same circles and that Creepsville, Toronto, St. Catharines, and Welland. I don't even know those other two. Well, I know St. Catharines. Welland. Welland? Welland? Well, it's W-E-L-L-A-N-D. Like the Welland Corporation from the new Ridley Scott Alien films? Prometheus? That's, that's got a Y in it, I think. Oh. I don't know this double L, Welland. Wayland. Yeah, I've never heard of this. Whatever the fuck, yeah. It know. must be where those uh that those dudes from the podcast, other podcast he listens to are from, right? Or, or he's just made it up. No, it's it's in yeah, it's a city in Ontario. Uh, that's all Ontario. There, bud. I've never even been there. It just is in the airport. A municipality of Niagara. You know about that Niagara, RJ. I heard about the falls, but that's about hey, it. You know, RJ, uh, someone the other week on the the that their YouTube, they said that we sounded like a couple of hard R's. I, <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, uh, whoa. <laughs> I mean, fact, I know. We, we Martin 12 commented on Secret Honor, while the two of you, <laughs> the two of you do indeed sound like hard R's when you talk, I always enjoy hearing your thoughts on film and life. So, to, I mean, I think it's pretty funny that they pulled that out of there. And I can't, even though it was a week ago, I think I did say that was part of my Canada rant, right? Where someone in the States once was like, you sound like a hard R. And I was like, <laughs> I was like this is just how I talk, dude. I'm sorry. Oh, well. Oh, well. But yes. Uh, yeah. Sam knows that we're all not in the same vicinity. Well, that's nice. I'm glad that he does. And it's like I said, I mean, most of my interactions uh, down when I lived down there were positive, but I did get that a astonishing amount of times. Like I think I can't remember not overselling it. I think it was like seven times that I, that that happened to me from different people. And I was like, it's like, why, how do people think that? I don't get it. Oh, well. Uh, Sam continues. Really nothing else to add at all this week. Just wish me luck. I've been working from home the last few months since July and have honestly been pretty miserable with that position. So in order to help myself a little bit, I'll be headed back to work at a retail location again. So while I'll be back to normal, a bit back to what or back, uh, a bit, excuse me, I'll be back to normal a bit back to what I was doing prior. I'm just reading what's written. I'll be working face-to-face with people again and being back at risk. <laughs> so hopefully all goes well. Take it easy, guys. Hey, if it makes him feel any better, I'm in what is 
considered what like the third highest risk occupation currently wow you're just like laying all these clues out there for listeners yeah i don't well, i don't give a shit i mean uh, this is, i work uh, sex a work store grocery store okay let's say that um yeah well i wish you luck bud with wear the, a mask with these and children listening to fart sounds <laughs> It's funny. I well, like you it. know, hey, it's like, why aren't they wiping down shopping carts more? Uh, I've seen them. So I've seen at the Costco, chair. I've seen them spray into carts. But uh, you know how it usually works when they spray the carts? It's like this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, people at home can't see the action I did. But let me let me tell you, it doesn't look super uh, uh, effective. We're seeing it's a little limp. It's a little limp. It's a little limp. And, uh, I mean, I've also seen, like, I don't know, I've seen a bunch of shit out there, you know, at these grocery stores. And I don't blame the grocery store people, but it's mostly the patrons of the grocery store. Those people suck. They're doing things that they shouldn't do, you know. But uh, it's not news to anyone. Everyone knows that. Right? Right. What was your other question? Uh, that's it. Wish him luck, RJ. Good luck. Sam. Don't get COVID again. Yeah. I wonder what happened for those people who get it twice. Like, do you think that they'd be like dead? Well, or do you think, do you the, think the, it'd be uh, easy? Well, to, uh, to all the, it depends on whose anecdotes you believe. I would go with the ones that are more like real. Questionable. Uh, <laughs> Sam Loveland. Holy shit, here he is. With an email entitled Basketball. Hello, he creeps. Played, yeah. <laughs> the NBA draft begins today, which will notably be the first virtual draft in the league's history because of current events. Lots of rumors <laughs> abound, but I just want to know. That's, that's funny. Is the current events thing. That's something Vince McMahon would say on WWE. I- I hope it was like emphasized, like in all capitals or something. We don't want people to think about it when they're watching our pro- broadcast program. Mm-hmm. Current events. Lots of rumors abound, but I just want to uh, know one thing: What are some of your favorite basketball movies? I know you guys and Sam, Sam number two, Sam Sanchez. Whoa! <laughs> wow! But this wow. is uh, Sam. Man, hey, Sam, Sam. Sam made his play. I mean, he he's taking spot number one? Question mark. I. Uh, I mean, I mean, is he Love Machine or number one? Because now Sam Sanchez. I mean, he could have called himself number one, but it's he didn't. He slept I, on it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we have to by by law. I think we have to give Sam Loveland Sam number one. Yeah. So that's too bad for Sam Sanchez, but uh, he's number two, so he doesn't really get a say in the matter. I mean, he'll always be number one in our hearts. But I mean, well, that's that's the rules. Yep. Uh, I know you guys and Sam Sanchez have already discussed baseball movies, but what are some good ones featuring the true superior sport? Honestly, wow. the only ones that come to mind for me are Hoop Dreams and Space Jam. Hopefully, you two have some more picks than that. Hoop Dreams is actually pretty good, though. Mm-hmm. On a side note, I watched Bad Girls Go to Hell. RJ was totally right about that movie. Oh, man. I think there's battle lines being drawn up here. Between the Sams, the Sams, carving up the RJs and the Jarrett's potentially. 
Uh-huh. It's also way boring. Maybe Jarrett will like it. Although, honestly, I've been listening to the podcast and following you two on Letterboxd for a while now, and I still have no clue what Jarrett's taste really is. Honestly, uh-huh. it's like rolling some dice, what Jarrett mm-hmm. will think of a given movie, to me anyways. Anyways, have a good show. Sam, Love Machine, Loveland. Goddamn, it's, it is nice to hear from him it's nice to hear from all of our uh, lovely uh, writers and uh, you know I feel vindicated completely and uh, I don't know if you know this year but basketball was invented by a Canadian did you uh, know that you hearing this you hearing this what was his name Jason Nesmith something like that I'm not gonna <laughs> look into it James did James ne- Nesmith I don't know he, I mean he invented it in America but he is Canadian Okay, they used peach baskets. It was in a did you know Canada thing just be- before the house hippo. Do you remember? Uh, so it uh, uh, doesn't matter. Um, only one person well, knows what I'm I, talking I, about. They might laugh, but that's all that matters so to me. Who? So I'm looking here, RJ. Yeah. Something called boxscorenews.com. Uh, okay. My browser is saying it is not secure. Okay. Why? Why did? What brought you to this website, Jerry? Some saying, well, I'm looking up who the originator of basketball is, and some are saying that Dr. James Naismith is stole this invention of ball of ba- of the basket variety. These are the same people that are talking about stolen elections, Jared. You got to watch out for this. People will try to mislead the you photo, any way they can. The photo, fo- the the photograph of a basketball team in Herkimer, New York. Mm-hmm. is shedding new light on the early history of the sport while raising new questions about the game's origin. The photo, dated in 1892, adds credence to the claim by some historians and writers that Lambert Will, a sports athlete from Herkimer and part-time employee of the Herkimer YMCA, was the originator of the sport. They also claimed that his invention was stolen by Dr. James Naismith, the refuted, quote, inventor of basketball, unquote, in 1892. I don't believe you at all. In his 1952 book, I Grew Up With Basketball, the great basketball promoter Frank Baslow argued that the community of Springfield, Massachusetts, home to the Basketball Hall of Fame and the late Dr. James Naismith, were not the original site of the first game, nor the inventor of the sport. Instead, the first basketball game was actually played on February 7th, 1891 in Herkimer, New York, a full year prior to the Naismith and Springfield claims. Baslow also stated Lambert Will had written a letter to Naismith in 1891, who at the time was employed at the athletic director at the Springfield YMCA, asking him if he would organize a team to play Herkimer. Will had included in the letter the concept and rules of the new game. Naismith, new to this position, had been hired earlier that month to specifically create a new winter indoor sports program, which was to include a new sport he was to invent. Naismith never responded to Will's letter. Naismith would go on to organize a basketball team in Springfield and later go on to promote himself as the sports creator. What do you have to say what do you have to say about these scurliest accusations, RJ? Where did you say you got this from Breitbart.com? Is that where you were reading this info? Uh, this site, it's got a lot of web design going on here. Uh-huh. And what does that tell you? Well, I see that it's it's up for debate, RJ. Uh, frankly, I'm offended by the whole situation that someone would try to take this away from us. 
What do we have in Canada? We got Jim Carrey. We got Mike Myers. That's it. That's all we have. And the creation of basketball. So I don't know why uh, why someone would try to refute this. And what frankly, about one one of the creators of Superman's from Toronto. That's true. That's very true. So yeah, we got uh, we invented comic books too. I think. No. It's safe to say. No. Was Superman not the first comic book, Jarrett? <sighs> no. Jarrett is Superman not the first comic book? RJ. Don't, yeah. Don't do that. Don't do the voice again. Jarrett. What about, um, does Uncut Gems count as a basketball movie? Uh, so I think we're on this. Are you on this list with uh, 72 films as well? Correct. I've yeah. only seen uh, eight. Yeah. I've seen eight basketball movies. Uncut Gems is 100% a basketball movie. Uh, Jarrett, I don't I do not do this How often. about J- James, but... James Kahn, The Gambler, which is also about a degenerate gambler mm. betting on basketball? Yeah, I'll allow it. Okay. How about Finding Forrester? Yeah, that's 100% a basketball movie. White Men Can't Jump? Yes. Hey, I even gave that three and a half stars. Jared, not, so not, that's not a bad show. You have eight watched, correct? Correct. And I've know... also seen Blue Chips in Hoosiers. You know about Hoosiers? You know about Hoosiers? Future Creep Hoosiers? Or no, wait, what's that uh, basketball movie we're going to watch? Hoop Dreams? <laughs> the one, yes, yeah. Yep. Uh, you know how many of these films I've watched, Jared? How many, RJ? 28. Holy fuck. How yeah, is... So I, how? I believe I am the authority here, Jared. I have seen uh, almost all of the first 15 of these movies. Hoosiers, I've seen it. White Man Can't Jump. Oh, yeah, you know I have. He Got Game. I like that one quite a bit. For Love and Basketball, not too bad. Finding Forrester, when I was 10, I thought that movie was amazing. I haven't watched it since. Well, because he tells him that he's the man now, dog. You the man now, dog. Uh, yeah, Connery died because probably because Jared hates him so much. Uh, <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> well, he's dead now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Coach Carter, pretty good. There's a guy in that movie called Worm. When we were in high school, or yeah, everyone was trying to be called Worm. Basketball Diaries, kind of sad. Space Jam, pretty good. The Way Back, alcoholism. (laughs) Uncut Gems, very good. Uh, When he was talking about basketball and baseball, I almost jumped in and I said, you know what's the best basketball Mm -hmm. movie and the best baseball movie? Basketball by uh, your buddies, the South Park guys. That movie is phenomenal. It's a five-star film. I'll fight anyone who says different. What else do we got? Uh, Along came Polly. There's a basketball scene in that with your buddy, not uh, Jesse Plemons, but real life Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's in that one. Uh, Teen Wolf. You got real good basketball in Teen Wolf. You've seen Teen Wolf, right? I've never seen it from start to finish. I think you should give it a watch one time. I don't think you'll like it, but I think you should watch it. No. For sure. Uh, Grown Ups. Apparently basketball, I don't remember. Semi-pro, John Tucker Must Die. These are all films I've seen, Jarrett. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got on here? Hurricane I, Season starring Forrest Whitaker. I don't have that one logged, but I do have Like Mike with uh, Lil Bow Wow. Uh, eventually he became Bow Wow. He dropped the Lil. Ooh, I'm hitting some gold here. You know what are actually good basketball movies, Jarrett? The Sixth Man from 1997 directed by randall miller starring marlon wayans that movie is real good have you ever seen it nope 
So it's about two brothers. They're basketball players. One of them dies, Jared. Then you know what happens? Angel's in the outfield, baby. He comes back. He is a spirit. You know what? That's grotesque. It is grotesque. It's a very, very good movie. I might watch that this year. Uh, The Air Up There with your buddy Kevin Bacon. Okay. Here's a really good one. Celtic Pride. I was just saying you're going to say Celtic Pride. How about Air Bud? Air Bud's I. I think Air Bud's okay. Here's a future creep actually on this list too. Drive, he said. From 1971, directed by Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. I have that movie, amazingly. Me too. Yeah. Uh, You know what's another good basketball movie and the one I'll finish on? Eddie, starring our girl, Whoopi Goldberg, and starring, co-starring, the man from The Ninth Gate, Frank Langella himself. Wow. And even it's got Dennis Farina in it. It's got all your favorite actors, Jerry. Well, maybe you should check out Rebound from 2005, starring Martin Lawrence. I've seen that movie. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, I'm also just noticing in Eddie, uh, it it actually has uh, 45th president of the United States, Mr. Donald Trump, in it, apparently. Ooh. Wow. I don't remember that, but he's in there, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to watch The Sixth Man at Christmas. What about you? <sighs> The air up there with Kevin Bacon. Am I going to watch any of these movies? I think every movie I just named to you is a complete slam dunk. So I don't know why you would have. Wow. It. You just said that. Uh, RJ. I, I don't know if you know this, Jared, but I am what you would call a professional podcaster. Oof. So I'm pretty good at it. Oh, my but... God. Um, what would I watch on this list? I guess I'd watch He Got Game. Cause have I... you not seen that? Never. Uh do you do you want me to lend it to you, Jared? I own it on. I'm sure. TV. I'm sure it's available on some platform or another. I like you got game. I I honestly I don't know what you would think about it. I don't but know if you like much like much like Sam uh, here Loveland? saying that I'm I'm a I'm a wild card apparently. I people have, I've had people say that about me too though where they're like we don't know what you like and it's like eh, I don't know either. I just like Star Trek now apparently, but you are a wild card, Jared. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know if you would like He Got Game. Well, I like. I mean, I like some Spike Lee. What do you? Th- how do you feel about I like, toxic I like, I, masculinity? I, I, ooh, don't mind if I do. How do you feel about actual, uh, real life professional athletes playing professional, semi pro professional athletes in movies? That's fine. So we got Ray Allen in here. He's Jesus Shuttlesworth. He uh. He's in here. There's a, like other NBA players in this too, actually. I think He Got Game is really good. Uh, I think that's a four-star film, to be honest. But uh, I don't know if you'd like it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is, is it all net? Uh, nothing but, buddy. Okay. Nothing but. I've, al- I've also seen Slam Dunk Ernest, in case you were wondering. I, it's one of the I, other ones. I didn't. I oh, I got a movie on here not logged. You ever seen Joanna Man? I know of Juana Man, but I've never seen Juana Man. Oh, I did have it logged. Sorry. Oh. Uh, can I tell you something? I've seen Juana Man probably eight times. Jesus. <laughs> my I'm not going to tell you why. My goodness. It happened, though. It happened. This is my list. This is mine to lose, buddy. Okay. Well, hopefully that's helpful, our rambling on about basketball <laughs> movies. Joanna, man. That's it for emails. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Um, RJ, 
What you been creeping on this week? Other than Juana Man? Yeah. Uh, Jared, I'm going to rock your world for a minute. I didn't watch a single thing because our movie this week felt like it was 50 hours long. Yeah. I think. Uh, but I did want to clean up some of our uh, Star Trek talk from uh, last week. So I don't have too much new stuff for you because I was a little busy. I only have one new episode, but I did because of that shocking mistake that I made last week. I did want to kind of clean this up for you. Okay. So I completely skipped an episode and it was 313. So the one before 311 and 312 was the, uh, the back in time episode. That was pretty good. 313 my review was a dude dies two out of four stars. <laughs> okay, good. So I, I don't know if uh, – see, I skipped it, so I don't know if you had any uh, any right. notes. Well, I, I told my notes all last week when I thought I know, that's what we were talking about. So I have nothing to add. Yeah, uh, so that was a dude dies. Uh, 314, uh, that was the one that I jumped to. Yes. Kira falls in a rock. Odo was sad. Three out of four stars. So I don't know if you actually talked about your notes on that one or not. I did. I, I skipped it. You skipped or you did? Yeah. And here's the one that you kind of talked about, but I hadn't actually watched it yet. 315, the defiant in quote unquote subspace equals no ending two out of four stars. So you mentioned the no ending stuff. I, I Yeah, I was talking about like that. That seemed to be turning into a more and more of a problem. Because so, they so this is so, so this is episode fifteen. You say, is it not three fifteen? Well, so I've, my note here is this is episode called Destiny. Yeah. Um, I, I I saw I write here, huh? Nadine as a Cardassian. Uh, Nadine. Who is Nadine? I don't know. Okay, let me pull up my IMDb here for you, buddy. Let me get into this. Uh, DS nine. All right, Nadine. Who the hell is Nadine? I've never heard of this person before. I think it's uh, maybe Nadine from Twin Peaks. Oh, as a Cardassian? Yeah. Okay, let's go down to 315. We're on Destiny. Nadine Hurley, uh, uh, or a.k.a. Wendy Roby. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so... I think you had mentioned last week how there was a lot of episodes that just have no ending. And then we talked about the defiant. This episode is like, it's the, it completely encapsulates all of that where it's, they're on the defiant and uh, it's a Bajoran. There's a Bajoran like prophecy that involves Cisco and three Cardassians. So they're all on board. They're all on board the defiant. They're going through wormholes and stuff like that. And then at the end of the episode, Jared, there it, it honestly it just ends. Mm-hmm. Two pe- Cisco's talking to uh, the new um, the new Bajoran prophet, and it's that dude who's in everything, uh, Eric Avari. You remember him from Mister Deeds and The Mummy and A Dog's Tale. Oh, Hatchie. you know that dude? Yes. Yeah. So he is in now as uh, the new uh, Bajoran. Um, like priest because that other dude died two episodes ago and I completely forgot because that dude is so useless. So he's in here. He's like telling Cisco that uh, there's a prophecy about three Vipers coming. It's going to upset Bajoran stuff forever. Three Cardassians 
show up. And then this is the episode that they single out uh, Cisco as the um, the emissary. So prophets talk about the emissary, oh. and they're like, "We think it's you, Cisco." Oh yeah. So this is uh, so this, this is, is the, the, this is the like, beginning of the emissary talk. Yeah, this is the beginning of the emissary talk because uh, there, there's we've had tons of Bajoran prophet stuff. We've had lots of all that, but this is the first emissary. So this whole episode is about whether Cisco believes it, and it's him. It's him and Kira. They're not against each other, but Kira's like, I believe all this stuff. I think it's you too. And Cisco makes a point to be like, I don't believe in this. I'm going to do my own job. Uh, so he like tries to go around it, but things keep coming true in the prophecy. And I think the trick, Jared, is if you make it vague enough, you can you can apply things to it however you want. Uh, but so this is what's going on in the episode. It has like kind of a resolution but then at the end cisco's talking to that guy and they're talking and the episode ends it just ends and it's done it, it and then it goes to the ship or the, uh, the bah, station bah, bah. and then the credits roll <laughs> and you're like they weren't done talking yet you're like why did it just cut away it's very like it's like sharp cut and you're i was taken off or taken aback by it i was like it just cuts away mm-hmm. it's so weird what do, what do you think I wrote so, huh? Nadine as a Cardassian. Oh, Cardassian arrogance. Uh, and then, oh, Kira, you and your wacky religion. It is weird because the prophecies actually make sense when their source would be from a species which doesn't experience time laterally, which they bring up later in the episode. From when I wrote that note, um, yeah. I wrote Odo's view on human agenda. Correct. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I think Odo, well, well, Odo, he's always talking about humans and what they're doing, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Miles hanging out with a bunch of Cardies. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I have a hard time that O'Brien has never run into a cocky engineer and that the first time wasn't a Cardassian or a non-human. Yeah, so especially because as you're a huge nerd, you would know in TNG... Miles O'Brien talks about being in the war with Cardassia and how he hates that they turned him into a bigot because he hates them all now. So like he clearly has had a lot of interaction with them. And like, I I thought that was the reason they put Miles O'Brien into DS9 was because he had that history. But in this one, it's kind of like they throw you for a loop a little bit because the Cardassians, it's three three ladies, and it's like an engineer super nerd, and uh, she um, she pre- like offers herself to to Miles. She's like, just so you know, I'm super fertile, and he's like, huh? He's like, I'm married to uh, my botanist wife, Keiko. <laughs> That's right. And and then uh, the lady gets offended and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, anyways, so it's like. I mean, it's like, I think it's played off humorous because it's like, she's coming on to him. Whoa. But then, whatever. Whatever. Right? Uh, so, so that was one episode that I actually got through. And then I have watched half of Ooh, the next episode. Half. So I don't have a full rating or anything like that, but I could speak to it if you want DS9. Well, okay. So this is, uh, I can talk a little bit about it up to a point. So this is an episode called profit motive yes yes it is uh this was the last two of all are all yeses for mo- for episodes that you should be watching because yep. they do move the story forward 
despite yes, maybe their entertainment value may waver, but it's like, oh, this is actually, uh, yeah, it's it builds on the world in a in some way, like something changes or a character develops. Like there's a yeah. reason for this episode to be watched. Yeah. yeah, based on your binary rating of yes or no, yeah, for sure, those are yeses. And like even for me, two out of fours, those are yeses for me. Also, yeah. one out of fours are complete well, skips well, for me. Well, there's uh, I got my other ones. I got you know, sounds dumb. <laughs> and uh and i think like meh <laughs> meh yeah so you're almost on a four four star yes. scale yeah. as well i think yeah yeah so i think i've seen enough of 316 profit motive to speak to it i don't have a quippy one-liner for it yet other than uh the nagus more like the I don't have it yet. I got to think about that for about seven days and I'll tell you next week. Uh, but we have the Nagus and he is talking about the rules of acquisition. And out of, I don't know if you noticed, Jared, but did you see who directed this episode? I don't think so. Rene Abar-Janois. Oh, Odo in the Odo director himself. chair. He's getting in there. So uh, what we have in this episode is uh, Grand Nagus Zeke. He's coming for a visit. I always love seeing the Grand Nagus. Wallace Shaw. He's just He's just cool. He's fun to watch. You know the Grand Nagus. He's got big ears. And uh, he's rewritten the rules of acquisition, Jarrett. Mm -hmm. He's rewritten them. So uh, in this episode, too, actually, uh, so Quark moves in with Rom because uh, the Nagus comes. And then we get a little Rom-Quark dispute because Rom is actually starting to stand up for himself. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, in the bar, you can boss me around. You're my boss. Here at my house, you can't. So we're getting a little buildup between them. And then they start reading this new rules of acquisition. And it's all about being a better person. And not cheating people. So Quark's got a bunch of deals set up. And the Nagus comes in. And he is uh, he's throwing stuff off, Jer. Just did a little you, bit. RJ, did you know that uh, Odo, uh, Rene, Aubergine, he mm -hmm. is in at least five Robert Altman movies? Holy shit. Not Tanner 88, though, right? Not Tanner 88, sadly. That's too bad. No. That's too bad. I, I can't wait to see him in MASH. Uh, my notes here. Uh, 100 gross of self-sealing stem bolts return. Uh, yeah, so I have seen that part. So Odo has a deal with this uh, this lady, and she's rubbing his ears and stuff because Ferengis are real freaks. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, she, he's going to sell her some self-sealing uh, bolts. Uh, big time price, big profit. And then the Nagus comes in and says, it's not worth that much. That's my Wallace Shaw. Very, very uh, good. Uh, and then uh, he throws it off, and then uh, he ruins the deal for uh, – for Quark, and he says, what am I going to do with 2,000 self-sealing symbols? He's kind of Jerry Seinfeld meets Ferengi. It's mm. Quark. That's how I describe him. Mm. Yeah, so that's Curio what... Uh, curious, RJ. Curious. Yeah, so I've seen that part. What else you got? Uh, huh, an orb of the prophets? Uh, I did see the setup to that. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't and, know the res resolution. Okay. And my other note here is I'm thinking that Zek is trying to reform Ferengi society so he can capitalize on the lack of competition. That is a pretty astute observation, I think. Unless it's explicitly stated in the back end, which I'll, I'll watch yeah. for now. Or the orb's vision has kicked off a genuine reform for Ferengi society. 
cynicism or optimism? I mean, how do you view the glass, Jarrett? Half empty or half full? And my last note was, love the take on the pilot. So I guess you'll maybe see what that means. Yeah, I I don't remember. There there must be a a pilot. It's probably by the end. There must be a callback to the first episode. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I haven't gotten to that part, but everything else I I have seen. So or or there's actually a pilot of a ship that hasn't shown up yet. One or the other. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that one. uh, That part of it yet. However, I'm gonna get there. This is uh this is on my list. I. If I wasn't watching 15 hours of Tanner 88, I would have got some more Star Trek. But oh. we got two. We got two in. Well, I think <laughs> I was looking ahead. Uh, two episodes from now is uh, <laughs> something pretty good. Some RJ. Some RJ stuff. Ooh, good RJ or bad RJ? Okay. All right. No. Well, we'll see. Uh, I-, I can definitely get two episodes in by next week. So uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, well, hey, and Fat Girl's only like 90 minutes. Oof. Well, that's, hey, score one for Fat Girl. One nothing so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, man, <laughs> we've got some movies coming up, RJ. I think like, the next two are pretty good because they're all like 90 minutes. And, and then? And then Fanny and Alexander, followed by like a two-hour making of, followed by Shortcuts, which is three hours, followed by like, King of Kings, which is like I think three hours long too, and is also from 1927. Shortcuts is three hours long. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. I thought that was a, like a normal. Movie. You you thought it was short? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> oh no no. A real slam dunk, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought uh, Shortcuts was a normal show. Kajamusha? I think that's another three hour. Oh yeah, three hours. Fuck. Yeah, we're uh. We're gonna be in it, buddy. But I already am. Oh, deep, deep, deep. Like nine spaces deep. Ooh. Deep six nine. Uh, so what about you? Did you watch any movies? Uh fuck me. Yeah, I guess so. What do you want to hear about? Do you want you want to hear Whatever about? You want to talk uh, about. I I started rewatching Friday the Thirteenth. Again? Uh, oh, on hey, yeah, I was I tried to watch one. I was just too busy. I couldn't. Uh... Oh, actually, you know what? I, you know what? I did watch a little bit with Andy because uh, I didn't watch any movies, but we started watching uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Oh yeah. And the only reason I cut you off to talk about it was uh, the I noticed that show holds up really well. It's pretty smart, actually. Uh, in the intro, because we were talking about it earlier before we started recording, uh, there's some good anime in there, but then there's also uh, Alberta-born creep himself, Brett the Hitman Hart, in the intro opening credits to that. And I was, I, you know, I was like, I like that. It's pretty cool. But anyways, that show holds up. So tell me about Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th holds up. Wait a minute. Where are you in Nightmare on Elm Street? I finished. You did? Oh, yeah, the last one. No. I forgot, yeah. Cause... Yeah, well, because I, I watched them over the course of, like, two yeah. weeks. Yeah. I did it all in a day, and then you you caught up. Yeah, 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 I had to, I yeah. had to pace. pace. Yeah. I, I forgot. But I did, I did fuck up a little bit, though, because it wasn't until, I think, uh, going through the fourth one, I was like, wait, I still need to watch the like Freddy versus Jason again because I haven't oh, watched that yeah. and and uh Nightmare remake 
Oh. Which yeah, I'm not fuck. looking forward to that. And it's like, well, whatever. I'll, You've never yeah. seen it, right? Never. Yeah, okay. It's fine. I watched that that piece of shit Friday the 13th remake, and uh, yeah, we can only imagine. It's, I think that one's supposed to be better than the other, so I'm like, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So all that's left for you is Freddy vs. Jason and the uh, Nightmare, Nightmare remake? Yeah, and then I've seen all those franchises, not including you... these uh, fan films. Yeah, don't bother with any of that. No. What are you going to do after those two? End it? What I was going to do, I was going to try to hit the Halloween franchise now. But I know you did that a couple years ago. Yep. So uh, I was maybe going to do that for Friday the 13th now, but I don't know if I want to. There's always Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, I could do that too. I mean, I the first two Hellraisers are really good, so mm-hmm. it's not it's not all the no. pain. Oh, the pain comes and the pleasure. Oh. Well, rewatching the Friday the 13th, because it had been a while since I watched the first movie, um, I have to say upon this viewing, um, my opinion of it has improved. Of the first one? Yeah. That's good. Yep. Uh, there's some like really great footage, particularly at the end of the movie when, um, whatever her name is, Amy, or the, the, the last girl, she's out on the boat on the little yeah. canoe out on the mm-hmm. water and there's the music comes up and it's like, I don't know, you you could imagine seeing this in a video art installation uh, all by itself. It's really great. The build of it's fantastic. It really yeah. jumped out at me this time. But yeah, no, it's like, I remember the first one being like, ah, it's not that great. But now maybe five years of watching some real garbage. <laughs> It's improved for me, I think. Because that was the last time I watched it. Yeah, 2015. Oh, holy shit. Look at that. What? Friday the 13th, November 13th, 2015. And what did I just watch it? November 13th, 2020. And Five years there, to the day. Didn't there's even... a lot of confluence. Confluence. Our, there's a con. Watching. Oh, yeah. There's a con on. Rigged election, buddy. Yeah. Haven't you read the news? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can, how can you avoid it? So, uh, and then just uh, continued on with watching two, three, and four. And uh, two still, I think, is uh, the is it the best. Uh, uh, instead of four? Yeah. I mean, two and I think two, three, and four are pretty good. Three, upon rewatch, the acting is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty like watching it this time like i have a real soft spot for three for whatever reason it's the goofiest one i love those i have the i don't know i watched that one more than all the others like Mm -hmm. whatever it just wound up in my possession longer from blockbuster or something like that and i guess i kept watching three i thought i think the 3d stuff is goofy as hell the yo-yo and like things coming toward the screen super cheese ball but i don't know but the acting is like definitely not so great not so great Mm -hmm. But, but I mean, you got the debut of the hockey mask. Is that good? It's what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, four's got the Crispin Glover dance. Four does. Four's got gnarly stuff in it, too. I think um, when I watched it, the thing that st- stuck out to me most was when he when he crucifies that guy on the door frame. Oh, yeah, Crispin Glover. Yeah, and then when he Slides when he comes down. out and yeah. he just pulls pulls his body down, I think that is, well, like, one of the most brutal things in that whole franchise. Four, four's got uh, all the people going through windows. 
Like, yeah. So it's because yeah. it's got a uh, girl gets pulled through the window at this from the second story onto the car hood. The one of the twins. Uh, it's got the dog who jumps through the glass or is thrown. Right. It's but it looks like the dog's jumping to escape. Then you never see the dog again. Yeah, which is good. I guess. Um, and then gone. and then and then you get like yeah the girl who jumps through the glass again because like all the movies start having girls jumping through glass. Or yeah. and then the other theme is Jason coming through windows, which is hilarious. Both good themes. Both good themes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if oh, you remember, though, in the first Jason, or for the first Jason, the first Friday the 13th movie, there's a really yeah. gnarly scene with an axe getting hacked up. <laughs> like, I. Axe getting hacked up, how? And, and a snake getting a- hacked up. Oh, you didn't say snake before. I said, what, said, I said axe. There is axe a, there's getting an, hacked there's up. There's an axe getting hacked up. Like a real yeah, life maybe snake. Maybe because is... I'm maybe I'm looking at the, yeah, it was a real snake. I'm I'm looking at the mm. poster of Friday the thirteenth part two and the silhouette is holding an axe. Okay. You know what I think uh when I when I was doing my original watch of those, I think it was like almost four years ago, to be honest. Here I, I can pull it up and check, but like it was a long time ago I watched those first couple ones. Okay, I'll look it up. I don't remember the snake scene. Yeah, it's like when they're like coming coming into the cabin or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, there's a snake," and there's a whole big deal about the snake and moving the bed. Kevin Bacon's there, and then one of the guys just shows up with like a big like machete or something like that, and just yeah, hacks this snake in half. <laughs> and it was just, uh, and, yeah, yeah. I watched it on May thirteenth, uh, twenty sixteen, so four years ago. There you go. So I would have been an animal boy back then too, but uh, maybe I just blocked it out of my mind. I only gave it three stars. Friday the 13th the first one it's yeah I don't know I think it all depends these movies all hit people at different times when they watch them though it all depends on your mood I think but yeah I mean as far as like they're so well made I think they're um, yeah. that because I mean they're Paramount distributed but I think uh, whatever Sean Cunningham did a pretty good job of producing these things making them feel like real Sean movies. Penn Sean Cunningham you... oh that's not Sean Penn no Okay. No, no, well, unless it is. I haven't seen them in the same room t- together. I think the biggest thing that you got to be careful of is saying anything out of character. So I, that would the, the Jarrett Duncan character say anything negative about Sean Penn? No, I, I'm pretty different to Sean Penn as Jarrett Duncan on the podcast. And okay. in real life, hard to say. I don't want to speak for him. Well, I mean, you're. I, I know that you really liked his inclusion in uh, a constant forge. You know, you know, what we didn't talk about on the constant forge review. What's that? Well, the, that sequence of uh, John Cassavetes talking about hard R's, just like boom, boom, boom. Completely mm-hmm. slept on that. You there? There is a lot of it, but I think the one thing. Now, correct me if you think different. The one thing in his favor is that the role he is speaking to it is that he wasn't in favor of what the production company wanted to use those people as. Mm -hmm. And uh, he thought his stance was more like, these are real people. I don't want to play up their like intellectual, uh, like capacity, like down or like downplay it for a movie. It's like, and that's why he was like removed. It's like Pat Healy and there's something about Mary. Yeah. I work with, Head like a driving. <laughs> we got this one boy. Uh, what Mo- is it? Mongo. 
<laughs> like driving. So we take him out of his cage and, you know, we let him out a little bit. Uh, that's like, man, I, I didn't realize they were basing uh, Matt Dillon's character on John Cassavetes. Uh, it could be. Oh. It could be. Hey, he won't let you tell him who he can or cannot work with, okay? Mm-hmm. No way. Mongo. Mongo. So, uh, yeah, Friday the 13th. Good times. Good times. Nice. Nice. What about you? Did you watch any movies? <laughs> nope. No, I... What did I watch? I watched this short film, Remains to yeah. be Seen. You, you, you seen okay. this? Have you seen this? Is that the, the Actium Jackson Maximus? Well, thing? see, it's fitting. Remains to be Seen. Like, have you is seen it a it? horror movie? Like, remains no. to be seen? Is it? It is, uh, it's art. It is art, which isn't Art's real. real. So it's not like, yeah. so I guess I didn't watch it at all. Uh, yeah. are you into, te- uh, text, RJ? Text? Like reading while you yeah. watch a movie? B- big T text. I know context and subtext. Ooh, is well, the same thing? Shit, well, shit, man. You're right on the path. Okay. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of it. Uh, do you like texture to your film grain do you like are you into film processes <coughs> i don't know what any are, of those words are, are, mean are you into to ex- experientiality the only thing i really like is i'm into i'm watching star trek ds9 right now yeah i mean Does that's, that's kind of into- well so imagine like if the the imagine if the, the prophets came to you and they were giving you like visions Okay. okay that's what remains to be seen could be like interesting interesting yeah. so it's just like footage that's been processed in a kind of unique way i'm sure it mentions it here we go using chemical and optical treatments to coat the film with a limpid membrane of swimming crystals coagulating into silver recall then dissolving so it's just okay. scenes. You, you know about that stan brackage uh i i'm i've heard the name it's like that but better, <laughs> I think. And this, is, you... uh, this is uh, Phil Solomon, who uh, he's another, he's a video boy, big video oh, boy. Big video boy? Oh, yeah. Okay. Film, film boy. Yeah, but okay. I, I just consider all this stuff video art, but it's obvious it's not film. There's no video involved with a lot of well, it. But Yeah, art's not real, dude. But, uh, video or physical. Whew. Wait, did whew. I cut out? No. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you're, you're tell good. me about uh, Stan Brackage. Uh, well, for people who want to know more about Stan Brackage, you can tune into By Brackage episode oh, right. whatever. Yeah, look it up. Yep. So it, this isn't Stan Brackage. It is. It, it, it is. I mean, it, okay. it, it's it's film art. So okay. this isn't for RJ's in a different yep. way, but it's I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, again, seventeen minutes. You sit down and. Uh, I guess you get out of it whatever you want to give yourself to it. And that'll be the experience of what you think about potentially when you're watching these things. I, I've talked about this before to some degree. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the footage is nice. It's got a soundtrack to it that kind of keeps you moving through the footage, which definitely uh, helps smooth out that 17-minute runtime, having sort of an audio track. And it's better master than one of the movies we'll be talking about tonight. Hmm. Hmm. I don't really know what you're talking about. I'm listening. Yes. Well, but I don't that, that, understand. Then, then I the feel. Words. I, well, then I think I've perfectly encapsulated remains to be seen. Okay. Yeah. 
Is is it in the Criterion Collection? No, this is just on YouTube. Okay, good, good, <laughs> good, good. Hey, How long was this? Seventeen minutes. Oh, that's not too bad. No, it's yeah, easy watch. How long is By Brackage Part Two? Probably five hundred hours. I and mean, it's probably growing too, because there's probably like, it's it's probably probably part of it is like there's a stream that connects to the DVD when you put it in, and it just keeps playing whatever. It, Whenever you start watching, it's never ended playing. Maybe it's like in his casket as he rots, and so you'll go to see that footage when we when is we get to it. Of, is that kind of like how the last school school is still being recorded? Right. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, I checked out another YouTube picture uh, called oh, "The Acid." Yeah, a movie picture. Okay. Uh, this the acid sorcerer. I know the ass wang sorcerer, but I've never heard of the acid sorcerer. Well, so the acid sorcerer. This is directed by uh, a chap that was by Dakota Ray. Okay. Uh, Dakota Ray came onto my radar. What the hell? One of these get taken off of here already? Is that one? It's I'm not seeing? on Letterbox. If no, it's no, not no. on Letterbox, you're not legally allowed well, to no. talk about it. Well, no, Acid Sorcerer is on here, but Dakota Ray, there was a film because uh, Listener Corpse logged <sighs> a Dakota Ray film. Okay. And I'm not seeing it now. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, we're okay. Never mind. There we go. We're good. Sebastian's Unholy Flesh. Would you like to see or let me tell you how this Dakota Ray was sold to me and turned into something that I pursued? I'm going to tell you. So Corpse's <laughs> review Cor- Corpse's review reads, I'm a fan of DIY no-budget filmmaking, so I don't want to rip on this too bad, but damn, was it a slog. Uh, and it, that sold you on it? It's a few things. It's got a few things going for it. I like the plot and satanic themes and imagery. The purple filter gave it a cool look, too. It was the pacing and storytelling that lost me. Also, those shots of the full moon were incredibly obnoxious. So upon reading that, I was like, well, well, damn. I got I got to learn more about Dakota Ray. And so I, yeah. so there's one here that's only 47 minutes long called The Acid Sorcerer. And uh, a synopsis from Letterboxd. The Acid Sorcerer is a dark and nihilistic horror film that borders between fiction and reality. The introduces the viewer to a serial killer, a drug-addicted couple, a sadistic drug mm-hmm. dealer, a cross-dressing snuff filmmaker, and a prostitute who has HIV. The characters embrace their inner darkness, struggle with mortality, come to terms with their mortality, and ultimately meet their demise. Sounds like you ever heard of that uh, movie Ghostland from uh, Martyrs director? I I think I've heard of it. Is that somewhat in the same wheelhouse? No, no. Was that so? Wait, so you started with the corpse review and then you read the synopsis, right? From yeah. Letterbox. Yeah. So is it the synopsis from Letterbox that has uh, grammatical errors in it? Yeah. The the introduces the viewer. <laughs> That introduces the viewer to a serial killer, a drug addicted couple. Yeah, this is. Okay. Um, I and was. So I, I was. What you think about this? While I was painting some minifigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on its rating, it's got forty two people who watched it. It has a rating of three point one. It seems okay. like it's very much either a half star 
a three star or a five star film for people. Why? What's such a? Why such a? Like a scaling of that. Well, what's your star rating? Uh, none. I, this is you can't you can't not applicable. Oh, just N dash A. Yeah. Just well, do you remember there was that one movie I watched uh, a couple months ago? They eat scum. Uh, I do remember that movie. If I remember correctly, that's not an RJ pick. Right. So, I mean, yep. this is, I don't think this is actually anything involving animals in it, but it's just people, well, there's that one Being I watched broke. too. Yeah. There's like that Lucifer Valentine chap that I checked out that mm-hmm. did like that black metal veins or whatever it was called. Yeah. That kind of aesthetic. I don't like aesthetic. Yeah. You don't like that? All caps no. with spaces in between the letters. You don't like that? Yeah, this is what the, this really. is. Very bl- lots of black and white footage. There's like a guy in a cloak whispering to one of the main characters called Shadow. Yes, Shadow, you will do things. It's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> so wait, is this grim? Di- uh, grim dark? Uh, these are people trying to do grim dark without paintbrushes. <laughs> these are people okay. who are doing it with uh, camcorders and friends. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah. So there's a Reddit, and I've never known what it was before, but now I think I finally realize the subreddit is Grim Dank, and it's memes about things I don't understand. But they talk about like, do you think that's Grim Dark? Well, it's some of the intertitles of this would include things like closing the casket of mortality's ecstasy. That sounds cool. Um, <laughs> uh, one review here from PD187. $25 acne-scarred psychotroid scuzz from the SOV waster zone, camcorded in hell-lucinogenic hell black and white, sacred sleaze, and garbo juice for a dead generation. As soon as you said garbo, all I could think of was gabbo, gabbo, gabbo. Look, Smithers, garbo Gab. is coming. Mm-hmm. See, I knew you would figure it out. Yeah. Sam Sanchez knows too. Even though he's Sam too now, I know he's still down <laughs> with the uh, the Simpsons uh, reps. Well, yeah, there's another one of uh, Dakota Ray's uh, masterpieces. Okay. Uh, My Master Satan, Three Tales of Drug-Fueled Violence. <laughs> this is 70 minutes long. We dedicate this film to our master. <laughs> My Master oh, Satan, Three Tales of Drug-Fueled Violence is the shot on VHS horror crime dark humor anthology film by denver auteur filmmaker dakota ray my master satan features three interconnected tales revolving around serial killer druggie alistair and his equally demented serial killer friends woody charlie bubba dealing dick and takes the viewer deep into a seedy underworld of crime drugs and murder To what end? Uh, here's another person's review. That's, uh, I'll read. Outsider trash vomit at its finest with purposefully degraded VHS footage and ever-changing aspect ratios. I don't understand any of this. Like, I know the words that they're saying, but, like, you know, like, if someone's talking about something that you've never seen, you're like, okay, I'm following, I'm following. And then they're talking about aspect ratios, and you're like... Can I tell you something, Jared? I've watched movies and I've heard people email in about like ratios and you've you've commented to it. Can I tell you something, Jared? I don't really notice. 
And you know that about me, right? Mm-hmm. What's another review? What's the next one? Well, I can tell you about uh, another one of these Dakota Ray movies, The Rise and Fall of an American Scumbag. Okay, tell me, read me the synopsis on that one. Uh, the Rise and Fall of an American Scumbag is a depraved, hardcore, punk-themed drug film from Denver auteur filmmaker Dakota Ray. The film documents the rise and eventual self-destruction of several murderous, drug-addicted, bottom-dwelling characters and takes the mm. viewer on a dark and nihilistic journey full of drugs and death. Drugs. I, lo- I like everything about it except for that punk that they threw mm, in there. Because yeah. it's like Sid and Nancy, uh, Jubilee... Juba yeah. shit? Is that yeah. what we're dealing with in this one? Mm-hmm. I hope not. Uh, yeah, I mean, this definitely feels like maybe this is like Denver's John Waters, and we and we don't even know um, it yet. I'm pretty sure I am Gen- Denver's John Waters. I know I only lived in the state for a year, but I had a mustache. There's also American Antichrist, a bizarre nihilistic voyage full of evil, death, drugs, religion, and immorality oh, that's the worst one Jer. <laughs> yeah. have you ever heard about that one it'll get you it'll get you bud uh and then when uh the same one guy phil a mignon i don't know if i'll ever get tired of seeing dakota's dialogue subtitled as in brackets satanic voice <laughs> do you think uh that dude and bill z bub are friends um they're definitely in the same wheelhouse. What does wheelhouse mean? So, like, I know when people say, it, like, it's in the wheelhouse, but what is what is a wheelhouse? The house is where we keep the wheels. What does that mean? Well, if you have some wheels, yeah, where do you keep them all? Got to have some sort of structure for it, RJ. What? Or... Or it means a part of a boat or ship serving as a shelter for the person at the wheel. Uh, or one's area of interest or expertise. See, I think I liked my definition way better about the house for wheels. It's like the house that wheel built. Like the house that Jack built? Are we talking about a corpse? House? Oh, no, 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 no. We're talking about wheel. Wheel built a house. It's like the wheel house. Like the collective we? Wheel. You don't know wheel? <laughs> this guy doesn't know Garbo. <laughs> All right. I love this All guy. Right. Hey, want to hear about the passing? No. <laughs> did you watch it? I did. Oh, God. Okay. What? I thought you, I thought you were just bringing it up. Like, no, hey, I, let I, me tell you about this one. It's about the, the passing. So this is another movie. Not for RJ. <laughs> Because I love it, yeah. but this movie has like more of a vibe of like Deadbeat by Dawn, with well, a I like with, that. with a little bit of I don't know seventies uh, sci fi like Kurt Vonnegut Slaughterhouse Five vibes, a little altered al- alt- altered states. Oh, but it is it is lo fi. So when you say lo fi, are we talking about like video violence lo fi or? Uh, no, it's definitely been shot on film. So it's a, it's an uptick from there, but this definitely feels like a muddled film. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot going on, and you're kind of wondering: did they? Is this a compromised vision? 
is this like a person who's trying to make the best of a situation where they're maybe working on multiple things and then they brought it all together? I don't know. I don't know John Huckert. Uh, the Blu-ray that Vinegar Syndrome put out, though, has a whole bunch of his short films thrown on there, which is cool because it's a one-stop shop if you're a, a real big John Huckert fan after checking out The Passing. Yeah. Um, where It's also got, like, you know, vibes of um, Combat Shock and... Like, like trolls combat shock yeah like this okay. is this is this is some like low budget independent filmmaker stuff but mm-hmm. he's tr- john hucker he's trying he's got his so did you like it i don't even know what to think of this movie <laughs> it's just something that exists it, that it, you it, 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 yeah i mean like it's there's a scene with this like old man and so it's, it's this old guy who's taking care of his uh, fellow veteran. They are both in World War II, uh, where they, it looks very much like they shot this footage, like in Combat Shock, you know, off in the, the kind of like a little wooded area with some younger actors, which you would do. Uh, one of them took some sh- takes some shrapnel, but they pull him out. The other guy kind of gets left behind because he's a black man who got shot in mm-hmm. the back by a, a goddamn German. So he winds up getting taken care of by the other guy who's kind of in the throes of a dementia sort of state who is remembering his wife thinks the the man he's looking after is his wife at times he's look, taking care of him he's making the most disgusting soup you've ever seen in your life what kind of soup like hamburger soup oh it's like he's got he's got like that zucchini and he just cuts it into three pieces and just throws it into just... the three yeah three chunks mm go right into that go right into that pot i got you yeah it's uh it, but part of it is the character but yeah that thing was uh pretty wretched looking mm-hmm. um what do we got here there's a this idea of the passing and reincarnation in lives and alternate dimensions question mark and um institutions it's cronenberg-esque institutions 70s like 80s meat institutions. institutions meat institutions yeah you're talking about medical. Justin Cronenberg, right? Uh, medical. Or wait, what was what's Cronenberg's son's name again? Is it Justin? Brandon. Justin Cronenberg. Why did I think everyone's well, because of Justin. our prime minister. Who, JT? Yeah. The man himself? Okay. It's, it's, it's always either a Justin or Brandon, isn't it? Often. Yeah, okay. Sometimes yeah, it's so, even a Bobby. So institutions, you say. Yes, and transcendence, and then it starts getting real ambitious. So talk about art? It is art. Ergo, it didn't happen. Exactly. No. Exactly. So that's what I watched. Oh, check cool. so check, check about, it out, folks. What about you? Did you watch anything? Uh, you got any news, RJ? Uh, I just saw that... Wonder Woman is going to go uh, get dropped on HBO Max on Christmas Day and in theaters. Uh, and I just noticed, because uh, I didn't even realize, I don't like care, but I saw trending on Twitter was Crave. And I was like, I have Crave. What's going on with Crave? I have Crave with HBO. Uh, and there are some of those DC things on there. So I was like, oh, that must be HBO Max. But apparently, it's not. Apparently, in Canada, even if we have Crave with HBO, 
We do not get HBO Max exclusives, which means we won't get Wonder Woman, which I don't care about. But, but what it really means is we will not get the Snyder Cut, which I do care about a lot. So uh, I'm going to gripe about this for a while, not at the moment, but uh, for weeks to come, I'm going to be concerned about this. I mean, I don't expect anything other. I We get the shaft all the time living in Canada for uh, content, but mm-hmm. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? This impacts me in no way that I care about. Except you're going to hear about it from me. This is true, so it does impact me a, a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. What about Shit. you guys? You got any news? I got some releases from Criterion for February of next year. Anything good? So by this point in time in February, uh, we should have a new president in the White House. Allegedly. <sighs> Allegedly. And uh-huh. uh, we're also going to have new DVDs and Blu-rays available for purchase. Hmm. I don't buy physical content, Jarrett. Well, we got Smooth Talk, directed by Joyce Chopra. We got Mandabi, directed by Usman Sembian. Okay. Sounds good. It's one of my favorite movies. We We got Man Push Cart, directed by Ramin Barani, as well as Chop Shop, directed by Ramin Barani. Those sound like Giuseppe makes a movie type movies. Man pushes cart. Man push cart. Man oh. push cart. No. Yeah, I, I love that. That's Chop a great show. Shop. Yeah, and, that's another but, great show. But the the so I mean this is like the one, big one. The big one though was just one week ago. I was talking uh-huh. about watching all the presidents mend just yes, in you time were? for uh, Secret Honor, uh, an Alan Pakula movie. Uh, you know, direct this. He directed yep. uh, Clute. And, oh, yeah. and then I mentioned and that his best movie of the mm-hmm. of this conspiracy trilogy is this movie called Parallax You, which, well, look at that. It's coming out from Criterion. What is Criterion? I've never heard of that. I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you were talking about that a week ago. And uh, I didn't see the, the news, but I did see the Parallax View uh, cover. And I was like, huh, I wonder if Jarrett's going to bring it up. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. Well, I wonder. wonder and wonder no more. Um. So are you proud? I don't know. It's, it's just like, huh, that's cool. That's awesome, actually, because after I brought it up the other day, I was like, maybe I should rewatch it on my old Paramount DVD that's like probably looks like dog shit. And now in a couple months, I can just watch it on glorious Blu-ray and all the pixels. Actually, not even all the pixels because... Criterion continues to not put things out in 4K. Why not? I don't know. Think they'll think they'll skip it and go right to 5K? Uh, Fuck! Why not do 10K? Exactly. Well, I think it's got to go and go. I don't know if there. Are, I mean, there was a 6K. They're shooting. They're shooting movies on 6K, but I think that's already past the 8K. Fuck! I'm already operating on K. There's no number in front of it anymore. Mm-hmm. Just K. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. but the K's been flipped, mirrored horizontally uh yeah or vertically question how else would you do it i don't fucking know i don't know well you you want to talk about a tv series Uh, that's not that's not d space nine no not really fucking great 
All right. After the break, we're going to have a vote. What kind? Uh, Dukakis. Uh, that guy again? It's just like Donnie Darko. situation. You know, he goes in, he's supposedly going to be running the country, but Exercise here he is. Right oh, and the realism of the man. Choose the one you like the most. It's your individual right to choose the one you want. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Tanner 88, directed by Robert Altman, that came out in 1988. Really? Did they plan that, or was that a coincidence? It just worked out that way. Man, sometimes life's funny, hey? Synopsis from Letterboxd. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck. In 1988, <laughs> renegade filmmaker Robert Altman and Pulitzer Prize-winning Doonesbury cartoonist Gary Trudeau created a presidential candidate, ran him alongside the other hopefuls during the primary season, and presented their media campaign as a cross between a soap opera and TV news. The result was the groundbreaking Tanner 88, a piercing satire of media-age American politics. Who said it was groundbreaking? A guy, you know. Okay. I know. I'll take your I'll take you at your word. I know a guy. Okay. So, um I had never seen Tanner 88 before this week. Okay. In my mind, I've always thought it was another movie, and I should have looked this up before. It's like what, Bob, Bob Roberts. <laughs> what did you think that movie was about? I don't know, but in my mind, Bob Roberts and Tanner 88 could be the same movie. Because it is Bob Roberts is a 1992 satirical mockumentary 
about the rise of Robert Bob Roberts Jr., a right-wing politician who is a candidate for the for an upcoming United States Senate election. Roberts mm. is well-financed due mainly to past business dealings and is well-known for his folk music, which presents conservative ideas with gusto. Starring old Tim Robbins, directed by Tim Robbins. Written by okay. Tim Robbins. So, I just, like, these things were interchangeable um, without knowing anything about really what 1088 was. But I knew mm. one I knew one was directed by Robert Altman. Maybe they're all okay. maybe they're all one movie. Who fucking they could knows? be. So uh, wait, were they were they saying that Tanner the Eight was groundbreaking because it was like mockumentary? Do you think that's what they were going for? Um. Well, I guess like the way that this whole production worked was is pretty unique. Okay. Because I was gonna say like, I mean, maybe they don't know about capes because well, that's probably the first mockumentary. No. No. <laughs> oh. No. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. No. I thought, but... Well, so this oh, is, wow. I mean, yeah, so this is referred to as a political mockumentary miniseries. And uh, what is this, This only the second TV series that we've actually talked about here on the Criterion Creeps podcast? Unless you count um, Scenes of a Marriage, which... I aired, don't. Which you don't. So we've had Fishing with John. Which is the A shot on... Vi- which is also seen. a shot on video miniseries mm-hmm. that is also kind of a mockumentary <laughs> no that's a hundred percent like that's true that was that's real an actual documentary yeah okay yeah and if you don't include think... including the death of Willem Dafoe and John Lurie well yeah that's why it's so sad dude that's why yeah. they put in the criteria but, but, but then they did that next episode well yeah but life's funny sometimes have you, has, has anything ever happened to you? You're like, man, that sucks. But then the next day you're like, ah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Right. Happened to them. So this aired on HBO. And mm-hmm. I, I guess it's screening. Like air dates were kind of a little bit all over the place, depending on <laughs> whatever the events were that they were corresponding with. Because yeah. so the production is that Robert Altman and Gary Trudeau, you know, the creator of the allegedly beloved comic strip Doonesbury. You know, you know about that Doonesbury, RJ? Is it anything like Dilbert? It is probably the exact same in some ways, but no, uh, different. It is. It's been. It's an institution. It's been around for like fifty years. This comic. So when I Google Doonesbury, I am directed to a place in Peterborough, UK. Uh, apparently there's a planet ice. Uh, did, did, did you look up Doonesbury? Yeah. Brewery. Okay. So we're not looking at Peterborough, UK. No. Next to Lime Academy, Watergale and Hicks cycles. No. Okay. Let's look up Doonesbury. Doonesbury, Doonesbury Do- Park, Dunes- Havant, United Kingdom. No. Maybe let's try Trudeau. <laughs> Uh, it's just Justin. What's his first name again? Gary of two R's. Two R's. Yeah. Interesting. This Have is, you ever this, heard this of is, this? This is live podcasting, pal. This is live our, podcasting. Our, our, RJ is just finding out things as we're uh, opening up here, <laughs> talking about Tanner 88. So did you know that Gary Trudeau's real first name is Garrettson? Garrettson. Hmm. So it's very in like with your actual name. 
Garrett. Mm, that's a stretch. Have you ever heard of this uh, other show that he worked on called Alpha House, starring your boy, John Goodman? I have. I've always been confused by why John Goodman's in that, because it's like that Blue Mountain State kind of thing. And I was always like, why is John Goodman in this? I never really understood. But uh, I've never watched it. I have no opinion on it. But I'm looking at Doonesbury now. And I got to tell you, Jared, some pretty high-quality graphic novels right here in these panels. <laughs> that's some that's some doodling right there. Some real quality doodling from the Zonker himself. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So he he uh worked on this with uh Robert Altman that like anytime you read about anything Altman in the eighties, everyone, including when we were talking about Secret Honor last week, was mm-hmm. like this was oh, this was uh Altman at his low point. He really had uh bottomed out in the eighties. <laughs> when was he when was he at a high point? 70s and then he came back roaring with the 90s we'll be talking about shortcuts in like what three weeks the player in like 10 years but yeah why is there so much robert altman this year i don't know what is this the fourth one we've had uh yeah or our shortcuts i I, I think it will be yeah holy fuck all right well whatever things are coming up altman (sighs) i wish we had millhouse back and And i mean because you watched what did you watch long goodbye and california split this year yeah, maybe that's why I'm so Altman. And then three and three women, three women. This uh, fucking secret honor. Yeah, I I've didn't I've done nothing but watch Robert Altman all year. Like, how do you feel about would, that? Uh, I mean, I don't I don't think it's my best attribute to be honest with you. If someone was like, do you? If someone asked me how I feel about it, I would probably say I don't think it's my best attribute. Okay. Um. What about how would you describe the Altman esque? The Altman, my Altman persona, or I know some people like to say fursona. I don't really know what that means, but I'm guessing it's a stand-in for persona. Uh, my uh, Altman persona would be more images, California Split, or Long Goodbye, and a little less Gosford Park, Three Women, and other things. Like, I watched Gosford Park this year, too. Oh. I've watched seven fucking Robert Altman movies this year. <laughs> and you know what? You know what's really sad? That's not even... Uh, so seven Robert Altmans. He's my second watched director. It's not even an eighth of my my most watched director, which I know is yours as well. Corman. Corman himself. Anyways, what anyway, were you talking about? I think we're talking about Tanner 88. Oh, sure. Sure we are. So what's the what's the pitch of this thing? Our protagonist know. is one Jack Tanner, okay. a university professor by day, someone, and you, um, Democrat, uh, works in Party the member? Congress House. He's running for yeah. running for president the, yeah. with against Dukakis. No, it, I mean, who who could even go up against Dukakis? He's a force. Well, wow, just as so, this was the year where it was, uh, you know, Mike Dukakis v. Uh, Jesse Jackson, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so this idea was that, like, hey, let's skewer politics because that's what satire is all about. Uh, if you just type it in, it's the laziest fucking thing you'll see all the time. People talking about you know, cutting, biting, skewering. Mm-hmm. That's what about well, slam? Oh, that's uh, that's reserved for newspaper headlines. about slams? 
Oh, yeah, opinion A slams uh, mm-hmm. opinion Un- B. Uh, under the bus? Yeah, he's just really threw you under the bus. Oh. Which bus? The bus. Well, like it is. He fucked him. <laughs> so, this is Jack Tanner. He's played by is it Michael Murphy. Could, sure, I guess. <laughs> Michael Murphy. Yeah. He's, so he's a nobody, um, mm-hmm. but he's got a plan. His his daughter. There's a there's a sob story that we're even told via video about his daughter almost dying. He had a step away, looked after his daughter, but now he's back. He's going to make a difference, like all politicians. Sure. He's got the sassy campaign manager with a very contemporary short haircut, TJ Kavanaugh, played by mm-hmm. Pamela Reed. Um, and this is a 11-episode TV miniseries uh, that kind of aired over the course of the year on HBO, corresponding in close proximity to the actual events it would be depicting. Um, just as like, hey, let's go film that. I guess that's groundbreaking. That's ambitious to shoot a fiction you, uh, alongside real events and actually incorporate uh, actual politicians into scenes where you actually have Bob Dole mm-hmm. talking to like, I mean, these are politicians though that are like pros in the sense that they've been acting in front of cameras their entire political career. Cause that's all it mm-hmm. is, you know, since like 1960 is it's all about media and television so these guys, they take to it immediately, and mm-hmm. it's pretty seamless. I, like, like the actual, like, you do not question the reality, I don't think, of this yeah. whatsoever. Which is, I whether, think... Oh, sorry, go ahead, RJ. Yeah, no, no, whether whether you're going from Bob Dole in his one and only movie appearance, I gotta, I gotta mention to you, or Jeff Daniels, it is actually pretty seamless and uh when you were describing that i mean do you think some people describe it as guerrilla filmmaking uh, g-u-e-r guerrilla filmmaking not guerrilla <laughs> filmmaking like coco future creep right yeah i had to because that's coming up soon no in the next year or two uh might be a little longer than that no Maybe. i'm gonna watch it next year well that's fine you can do the right there you go yep. do we're it. gonna record the episode too yep so yeah i mean it's a chronicle goes episode by episode Uh um you see the trials and tribulations of jack tanner Uh as he tries to win favor in you know new hampshire michigan swing states perhaps swing states well he's got to build up um you know the votes he's got to win those primaries i don't think votes matter anymore man yeah, I mean, in 1988, sure. Oh, back but, uh, back back then. This is 32 years ago, man. Time has changed. Time has changed. So yeah, yeah they pretty well had an endpoint when they started this, being like, "Well, Tanner, 80, Tanner, he can't win this election." Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all they really need to do. So everything is based around just like circumstances, sort of, uh, you know. Is it called? We call it sitcom. It's not a sitcom, though, or is it? I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Yeah, I, I mean, it's satire. It should fall under like comedic things because it's okay. like it's, it's too much like real life. But, is but it? it's supposed to go beyond that. Weirdly enough, RJ, in the last four years, reality as we understand it has kind of been blown up. So it's yes. pre- it's pretty difficult to like kind of go back to like 
the quaintness of like, oh, the the bus with the, the for the journalist broke down, and then they have to catch a ride with a crazy hick in his car and have a, a dialogue. And, and they get their news from the TV like everyone else. That's right. right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, th- this is quite a, a quaint kind of snapshot of what 1988 was. Mm-hmm. No one had smartphones. No one had ever heard of QAnon. <laughs> like, th- there was, I mean, other, there was other conspiracies. There was like the octopus. There, there was, people believed all sorts of things, even at this point. But its spread was not so prevalent. And, uh one could say that maybe issues were a little bit more on the table than they are now because that's all gone by the wayside it feel yeah. it feels like that anyway so you're left with this um kind of a relic of a more innocent mm-hmm. time where like such hot young faces like John Kerry and Joseph Biden are mentioned in passing uh, not even just like yeah, it's in passing, but uh, Biden gets brought up a couple times mm-hmm. in this thing, more than once. Now, did you happen to look up the plagiarism scandal that sunk mm, Joe no. Biden at this time? I have never. I, I mean, I saw when they brought it up, but I was like, I'm not gonna look into it. No, that's not what we do here. Well, that's not what I do. No. So uh, yeah, I didn't look into it, but I. I I assumed you'd maybe tell me about it. Well. Perhaps. <laughs> Is that accurate? Well, supposedly he was accused of plagiarizing a speech by British Labour Party leader Neil Kinnock. Biden's speech had similar lines about being the first person in his family to go to university. Biden had credited Kinnock with the formulation on previous occasions, but did not on, on two occasions in late August. Earlier that year, he had also used passages from a 1967 speech by Robert Kennedy, for which his aides took blame, and a short phrase from John F. Kennedy's inaugural address. Two years earlier, he had used a, a 1976 passage by Hubert Humphrey. Biden responded that politicians often borrow from one another with Without giving credit, and that one of his rivals for the nomination, Jesse Jackson, had called him to point out that he, Jackson, had used the same material by Humphrey that Biden had used. I mean, I think that's there's probably lines that are more telling, but I think it's a bit of a stretch to be like the same story of the first person in your family to go to university. Yeah. Hey, Jared, I'm the first of my siblings to go to university. Uh, Does that that amount to anything? I don't know. Another another fun fact for Joe Biden here from February of 1988. After several episodes of increasingly severe neck pain, Biden was taken by ambulance to Walter Reed Army Medical Center for for surgery to correct a leaking intracranial berry aneurysm. While recuperating, he suffered a pulmonary embolism, a serious complication. After a second aneurysm was surgically repaired in May, Biden's recuperation kept him away from the Senate for seven months. I feel like that might have added to him not running so strongly for the presidency rather than this this scandal about plagiarism. I've been there, man. I've done that a, a million times. Well, there is also here uh, another RJ here. He has also made several false or exaggerated claims about his early life, that he had earned three degrees in college, that he had attended law school on a full scholarship, that he had graduated in the top half of his class, and that he had marched in the civil rights movement. The limited amount of other news about the race amplified these revelations. And on September 23rd, Biden withdrew from the race, saying his candidacy had been overrun by the, quote, exaggerated shadow of his past mistakes. 
And here we are. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh... it's like it's so innocent. It's like, oh, he just like he just you know pull, pull the same political bullshit. People say the same thing all the time, and that. But then they were able to like you know get it all together into a ball. You never know what's going to sink you. Maybe you're on jet skis one day. I don't know. You know, I'm at the point where I don't think anything could sink us. Look at how much we've come through so far. We're unsinkable. Well, we just, I mean, just imagine what happens if we try, though. To be sunk? Yeah. Something something happens where where someone wants to sink us. We're fucked. I'll just release that video of you really giving that certain kind of yeah it's the after dark video where you say things you probably shouldn't have right shouldn't right 100 percent, 100 percent. Whew. so what are we talking about joe biden who's oh, who's yeah. uh, name checked uh several times in the first episode of tanner 88 mm-hmm. so okay as a piece of entertainment as something yeah. to, to watch not not the smoothest ride rj i'm not gonna lie as a television show if I watched uh-huh. the first episode of this, just on Netflix, as one would do, be like, hey, let's check out what this Tanner 88 is that, that's trending on Twitter here on Friday. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, nope. <laughs> well, part of it is like there's also some actual like technical elements that really make this. It, it, it takes a little bit of getting used to, especially if you're watching this on a big screen with uh, any sort of like decent sound because... Holy shit, the sound in this is uh, quite poor. I'm not sure if you experienced that, RJ, the sound, mm-hmm. the Altman-esque sound escape. Yeah, so even though uh, even in this very episode I mentioned how I don't notice things like aspect ratios and sound, I did notice in this thing that there was some there were some weird kind of things bouncing around between either sound or I don't know. There were a few inconsistencies in general in the filmmaking, quote unquote, uh, artisan mm. type stuff. So, so yes, I did notice. I started watching this on a you know you know fifty five inch television, and then I shifted down to a what is this a twenty seven inch monitor on my iMac, mm-hmm. watching it off the Criterion Channel, you know. And yeah. uh, the I found the picture quality improved, being at a, a smaller density, and the sound seemed better. Not not mm-hmm. as um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It didn't drive me super crazy or anything like that. But yeah, it's because it's, there is like I mean, people always talk about the Altman soundscape. Uh, we see like McCabe and Mrs. Miller, Long Goodbye, overlapping dialogue. It's like kind of a cacophony of sound. Um, it's kind of disorienting, but also has a very lived in space. This doesn't have that because of the very nature, I think of the production. And so mm-hmm. I think the, the Altman element is really straining against this, uh, limitation. Uh, this also reminds me a lot of Nashville, which okay. I have, I've only seen once and I was not a fan. And so that probably didn't help either. I think. Hmm. Okay. I, I like politics, RJ. I like to follow these things. I, I, I'm. I, you like me politics? I, I like the idea of it. I'm, I'm a. Would I call myself a political junkie? No, that's for assholes. However, um, I do follow this stuff pretty closely, and there's like not a lot of media that gets into it. But I mean, I've never watched West Wing ever in my life. 
but I've yeah. watched like you know I've seen that Parks and Rec, I've seen Veep, I've seen like modern television, <laughs> and so jumping back, what thirty years almost mm-hmm. to uh, watch you know this primordial television production, it's a bit rough, and uh, I don't know the the nature of the Altman comedy and the writing and the points being made. Like, whole, like, or I mean, the Gary Trudeau stuff, like he, the broadness of what he thinks are big points or something like that. It's just like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? This is garbage. Like, this is like not good to me. Like, this is nothing I want to watch. So this is tough to talk about is a movie because usually the criterion stuff, we're watching movies and you can kind of talk about movies in a particular way. But this is a television series. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you watch it? Because like, you can't watch it as like, well, it's like one it's one big movie. It's just six hours long. It doesn't feel like that whatsoever. This is not a no. scenes from a marriage type deal where this is like, no. this is six episodes. It's also been reduced to a movie, but where it feels like a a cinematic experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll be talking about Fanny and Alexander uh, fairly soon. And I've only ever seen the television miniseries version of it completely different vibe this is watching episodic television and right. on that grounds um i am not a fan of this okay um it's not bad like as it got as it went on it improved the first episode mm-hmm. i think is really tough like it the, mm-hmm. the, the footage of them filming that table with like the mcdonald's containers uh which like which really brought me back to when they had styrofoam containers for everything the cups the old logos and stuff like that i was like oh but the camera just kind of circles around and around that and but it's framed too tight and then like you're just kind of thrown into the world because it's like well that's what it is it's the political circus you're just you get to you know catch up get your, mm-hmm. with your feet moving you, otherwise you're gonna fall behind and it's, it's supposed to be snappy but the dialogue is like really uninspired the characters are all like just stereotypes like again but yeah the characters are just like they're they're the, for the purpose of satire drawn broad yeah. and they're just types and i don't know if i ever felt like they ever came around to being their own characters as over the course of those 11 episodes I mean, really, it's like whatever, uh, TJ, she's kind of the main character. She has this like ongoing series of conversations, drunken and on the phone with, is it Joe? And it's supposed, is, is the implication yeah. is Joe Kennedy? <laughs> uh, I didn't, I didn't make that connection. I, I don't, but I'm not, I, I don't I'm know. I don't know. Like that seemed to be not? like, I, I, it kind of like, there's always this guy named Joe. And I always wonder, I'm like, who's this Joe? And so anyway, that's her tale. Um uh-huh. And then there's her, there's the daughter, uh, Alexandra, played by yep. Cynthia Nixon, of no relation to Richard, but uh, you know she went on to be in, you know, Sex in the City, I guess. Well, apparently that's a popular television program. Also on HBO. Uh, yeah, it is. I remember Andrea tried watching it and she never really got into it. But the right. only thing I really know about Sex and the City is that scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where he's talking about Samantha and how she has sex with everyone. Right. That's my that's my complete and utter experience with that TV right. show. You're a big fan though, right? Oh fuck! Big Sex and the City boy. No. So uh, there's his there's uh, Jack Tanner's girlfriend Joanna. Who's like the whole big thing was her? Like, well, she actually works for Dukakis, but the relationship started mm-hmm. beforehand. So scandal uh, down the road. Uh, there is the uh, 
what's this? The guy's name's Emil Burkhoff, played by Jim Fife. He's the optimist, I guess. He's like the one who really like he really believes in the the dream of uh uh you know a democratic nation, I guess. And he's like he loves the spirit of America. That he's that wide eyed. He hasn't been beaten down yet. Um, there is the the pretentious filmmaker mm-hmm. Deke, who Deke. he was just like whatever. Like that is like I don't know. Somebody thought that was funny, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I think this whole thing somebody thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. And then there's yeah, there's the Andrea character. Uh, yeah, and, and what's her and deal? She's just like the she. Uh, she's ditzy and kind of a flake. A but and her arc is that by the end she becomes honed down into a fine tool. She she plays the character in a sitcom where it's like oh she's like a real flake and really flighty, but then she turns out she's really good at something, and it changes the course of things because she can raise money. Like that's and you're like okay, I've I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, are wait are you saying that's not groundbreaking? I, I I might be saying that. And then you get the grumpy wow. father where it's like oh the the main character has a rough relationship with his father who's very judgmental. And then by the end, he comes around. <laughs> wow. I, I've, is this how real life works? Do okay. you think? No. It, wow. It sure is. Ralph Nader shows up. Fucking Nader. Do you think people still think Nader might win one day? Is he still running every year? <laughs> uh, no. No, he stopped a, a while back. But he ran for a long, long time, right? Uh, a few times. Would you vote for Nader? Well, you know, RJ. Yeah. Yes. Ten, so ten or eighty-eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It's it's a TV show that it exists. Yeah, that has been far surpassed by many other shows that do similar things, um, but are funny, well written, better mm-hmm. acted more um engaging compelling compelling tanner 88 i feel is just not compelling television for to me okay and uh yeah i don't know i don't really have too much more to add at this point uh i'm looking forward to hear what you thought of this because i think that really yeah i i suspect that you are probably less engaged with this than i was but it's possible it's possible we're gonna find out here momentarily uh yeah i don't know it's out of the way i've watched it mm-hmm. this gets brought up good and, timing good too. It, uh very very strange timing i guess yep. of all times that we could be watching this of any time of the year immediately after uh a, An a presidential election in the, in the united states of america starring joe biden and some other well, guy I'm, i mean when we started the podcast four years ago we didn't do it with the intent. It's like, you know, in four years, it's gonna work when dynamite, when there's going to be another election, we're going to do secret honor and Tanner 88. It's going to blow people's fucking minds. We didn't do that. I wish we could take mm-hmm. credit for it, but it's just uh, convenient. How, how do you, how, how do you feel about cinema verte RJ? I know you're a Cassavetes boy. So, uh, uh this, this is cinema verte to the max, I, but, but not because it's not, is fictional yeah i was gonna say 
I like Cinema Verite, but I, in my opinion, I don't think this is. It's all scripted, so it's not. It's, it's kind of, yeah, mostly scripted and. It's like if we're talking about burrito sauce and we're talking about like, you know, Cafe Verde, the place that you and me like to go eat sometimes for lunch. It's not actual Verde. It's like it's like mild. It's not hot Verde. It's mild. Cinema Verde. Cinema Verde. Uh, It's almost the same word, right? Yeah. Almost. Yeah. It's not guerrilla filmmaking, G-U-E, and it's not guerrilla, G-O-R. It's some other kind of gorilla. You know, so the New York Times called the show an interesting misfire that, quote, insists too much on its own sophistication about politics. Mm -hmm. The same paper held the second episode in higher esteem, calling it, quote, humorous cinema verite. That's, quote, slick and occasionally witty, much like you, RJ. Wow, that's the that is the biggest compliment you have ever given me. In its best of 1988 look at television, Time Magazine called Tanner 88, quote, the year's definitive satire of media politics. Well, I mean, it. Oh, look, that, another that mention of Tanner skewering things. Oh, my God. I fucking hate I can't stress how much I fucking hate it. Like, satire. Like, it, that's like I, when, I, when things are something's called a satire, like uh-huh. when they say it's satirical and you must like it because it's like, shut the fuck up. I hate it now. I hate it. Stop. Uh, stop it. I hope uh, I hope the email bag next week fuck isn't just it. all about br- br- being skewered by satire. Fucking, fucking bring it on. We won't read your fucking emails, assholes. <laughs> You're done. You're done. I and, and you know what? That's an honest threat. Or that's not even a threat. That's a promise because I don't have access to the emails, guys. If yeah. he says he's not going to read them, he's not going to read them. That's the way it goes. Yeah, it'll be weird when we have an empty mail bag next week. <laughs> Because every single subject, skewering satire, skewering satire, podcast host slams, podcast host slams, skewering satire media, things like that. Uh, I think those reviews are actually somewhat fitting. Anyway, RJ, what did you think of Tanner 88? You want to know what I thought about this fucking movie, Jared? This fucking show? This fucking movie show. I like that you're calling this a movie. When it's a show, but you call movies <laughs> shows. I just want to. I just want to throw that out there. Hey, can I tell you something? What's if that? I'm, if I'm not accurate, at least I'm consistent. Consistently frustrating. Consistently inaccurate. I think there's there's a modest mouse lyric where it's like, it's about being consistently inconsistent, consistently something like that. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, it's it's got a nice ring to it, you know inconsistently inconsistent all the time something like that anyways uh so this movie show uh movie flick yeah i found and uh i didn't mean to lead in like this but uh i found this to be one of the most inconsistent criterions we've watched in recent history and by that i mean in the last year and so like i actually those reviews i think actually summarize it a lot I thought Tanner 88 won. Dude, I barely made it through that thing. Mm-hmm. I almost, I was going to just call you and be like, well, you don't have a phone. But I was going to message you and be like, I'm done. The podcast. <laughs> forever. <laughs> because I was like, I was like, I can't do 10 more of these. Oh, I, I know. Like, I really can't. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched two and three. Yep. And I was like, 
these are better. The, they these they, are they, actually, they actually okay. go by pretty fast too because they also have these yeah. like non endings where they're just like you're watching it and then it just stops and you go and what then it stops and then you're like oh thank god for that and then DS Nine style yeah. But the the problem though is episode one is one hour. Yes. Episode two and three are thirty minutes a piece. A piece. So there's it flips back and forth, but then so episode one absolutely killed me i wanted to quit yeah. i was like i can't stand this two and three i was like pretty good it's a show Episode, yeah pretty good show uh like quote unquote that's copyrighted don't that's our merchandise um episode f- i don't even remember the episodes but it went like this hated it not too bad and then completely irrelevant or like nothing so i think it was maybe episode four where i hit a dip again where i was just like i don't care about anything that's happening in this thing let's take a look at the episodes quick you know i I was like looking this up like no one really talks about this other than like they talk about like altman's at one point thought this was the best thing he'd ever done which is but of course like every director is like will say this is the best thing i've ever done every time they make a new project and i think there's even a joke about that in the criterion essay that accompanies this yeah yeah and like, of course. So yeah, the, the, so the fir- yeah the first episode is the Dark Horse. Uh, yeah. And this is and the then, one where they're whole like doing the whole like uh, focus group on his yeah. horrible, horrible uh, like video Bad. package. It's just like garbage, and then it ends with this big like, whoa! When he really unleashes his like real ideals and talks straight, and then the mm-hmm. Verite man uh, is shooting it under the glass table, so it's very art with a big Mm -hmm. A and that's how it ends. And you're like, Oh yeah, that's the thing going forward. And they're like, we're going to capitalize on it for real. Yeah. Do they? Yeah, they do. But then of course they're like, well, no one knows what to make of it. Cause it's like, they're presenting it this way as an ad. And of course they have like, you know, some hoople heads, uh, in, what is it? Michigan or Nashville. I lose track of where they're they're, there. It seems to play around. And they're like, what the hell was that? And they're like, yeah, what the hell was that? And then they're like, oh, yeah, we got to do more things like that. And even, like, the guy tries to recapture the moment in the office. And the Jack Tanner's, like, already like, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, because his whole thing is what they want him to do is opposite of what he wants to do. And it's like, ah, it's a joke. Yeah. And then there's the – there's also the other character that uh, is following them around, the journalist writer. Oh, Benny from The Mummy. Yes. You remember Benny? No. From the Mummy? I don't remember Benny Benjamin from the Frazier? Mummy, but I remember Guy Man, and he's he's oh, okay. he he comes the yeah he's he's the Hunter S. Thompson uh on the yes. on the campaign trail. Mm-hmm. So what makes him tick? He's very captivating because that's what the TV show is. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's what it, that's yeah. Well, I know. I mean, that is that is his character. I think he's one of the better characters in that like. So like what you said earlier, none of the none of the characters actually get too much growth or development or anything. And that, like I don't really give a shit about that. But none of them are actually like there there's like some like you have some archetypes of them. They're like this character is this, this character is that, and they do it a little bit, but for the most part, the only character I actually thought actually kind of filled her role was uh the campaign manager, the short hair lady. But I don't think that's even her. That's just what that lady is like in everything she does. What's her name? Pamela Reed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that lady. Like, so I think she actually fits that role a lot. But like, that's the same role she has in Kindergarten Cop. 
That's the same role she has in Junior. Yeah. It's the same role she has in Cadillac Man. So it's like, I think she's she fills it up pretty good, but it's like, I think that's just what that lady is. I don't know. I could be wrong. That's maybe her, I'm that's not her giving, character. Maybe I'm not giving Pamela Reed enough credit, but uh, yeah, her and Benny from The Mummy, Brendan Fraser, they fit pretty well. Uh, she's in a movie with Stacey, Stacey Keach? Keach called Hemingway. Oh, as was she uh, Hemingway's wife? She, she plays Hemingway. Oh. And he plays her wife. Well, that's wild. His wife. How how ahead of the time. I know. Pretty wild. Uh, were you going to hit some more episodes? Or, uh, uh, do you so, yeah, episode three is the, the Night of the Twinkies. Uh, that's the one that I always remember is Jack Tanner meets up with the Baptist oh, the... minister to have a yeah. long conversation. And then they get ambushed by the yeah. well-meaning idiot yeah. who uh, says, we want the media on this for the moment. And it's like, oh, damn i wasn't supposed to do that so that backfires and then there's some and then episode four the one that kills you again yeah where it's like i'm reading this description right now i'm like i don't remember this episode at all like i remember like other than i guess it introduces the father oh fuck yeah so i it's 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 so far from my mind i watched it two days ago i watched this over three days by the way because i could not get it all done in one day i had the time i got two hours in and i was like i'm done and then the next day i watched another two hours and i was like i can't watch anymore mm-hmm. and then the next day another so it took me three days to watch it and i barely finished i thought it was only 10 episodes and then last night i finished 10 and i saw there was an 11 and i honestly my heart stopped i was like there's another episode because i didn't i like it's like you know that like disappointment where you're just like i didn't know that you're sad in yourself because you you let yourself down. That was me, but yeah, episode four uh, really killed me. Mm-hmm. Really killed me. Uh, that's followed by episode five, bagels with Bruce. Fuck, I don't know. I don't even remember. Um, I have like some vague notes. Five. All I have for five is a screen cap that is quote Italian food. Okay. So, well, yep. Uh, I think at one point, yeah, the one guy he decide he considers joining the Dukakis campaign, and yeah, he tries. And well, he's there and he sees that uh, the girl that he saw in Tanner's yep. uh, hotel room is also a staff member there, and it's like, uh oh, how long till that all becomes known? And it's like mm-hmm. the next episode, <laughs> I yep. think. Yeah. And the uh, next episode, uh, my only uh, note was Rebecca De Mornay. Cool. Child's she play. She does like it is. She does a pretty good yeah, job. Yeah, or they go to the daycare center, and he's like speechifying to the children. Yeah, and he's like, "Do you know about the economy?" And <laughs> that's the joke. But I liked Rebecca DeMornay because she she actually hits him with a line I actually thought was really good in this, where he gives the typical like political speech, and she goes like, "Can you talk normal?" For even a second, mm-hmm. can you tell me what you really think about anything? And he goes, yeah, of course. I get it. I'll be right back. And then he just leaves. And he walks away. He never comes back. No. Rebecca De Mornay. Um, And then, yeah, someone from the Dukakis campaign joins them. And yep. then we got The Great Escape, Episode 7. Do you know what my note for that was? Sure. All capital letters, AIDS. Because all they talk about, that epi- that's the AIDS episode. That's the heavy episode? That's the heavy episode. It's very AIDS heavy. Right. Oh, no. It's okay. I'm I'm reading ahead here. Uh, Then there's the next episode is the girlfriend factor. Yeah. 
And that's the one that ends the with wedding? him in. Or that's no, is that the one? That's, I don't. No, 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 that's not the wedding yet. That's the next episode. This is the one that ends where he's like in Detroit, and it's just like again, it's real heavy. Talking about what are you going to do about the the war on crime and the war on the drugs in America's future? And it's a lot of like listening. Mm-hmm. And people going like this. Yeah, oh. I'm sure Gary Trudeau and Robert Altman looked at each other and nodded. We're doing mm-hmm. it, buddy. They say, yeah, we're right. Yeah. And then the next episode is the wedding episode. That isn't a wedding episode. It's kind of like when Batman and Catwoman were supposed to get married in issue 50, and then they didn't, and it was all part of Bane's plan. Well, you the only thing about that is hopefully people, like maybe independent, independent business owners, hopefully they didn't put too much stake into that. Right. Well, I mean, what if, the, what, if what, if, what if they're next door to a, a wedding store, and they, they had all these plans? I would do a I would do a big plan, but you know if it didn't work out, I'd probably let I would probably tweet to DC mm-hmm. Comics and let them know about it. Well, you know, DC Comics might not even be publishing comics themselves in like a year or so. So who knows? Where who do you think they'll sell to? Well, Image. They'll sell someone else. They'll license it. They'll license it out. Uh, I gotcha. Um. So. Yeah. Then we transition to the Democratic and National Convention. Sure we do. Everyone loves that. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess this is like when it gets a little bit more ambitious with the timing of things where like they're actually mm-hmm. filming it on the floor of the DNC. Is that good? Uh, you know, you'd recognize Harry Anderson in this? Nope. Okay. Who's Harry Anderson? You remember Night Court? Dave's World? Remember those shows? Dude, those shows aired like 10 years before I was born. They were concurrent with your existence. What, when I was like six months old? Yeah. Night Court was probably still on. You know John uh, Larroquette? You know, I know the name. You know Bill or a Bull? I know Bill from uh, King of the Hill. Is that the same Bill? No. Bill Totree? Un- unfortunately not. But yeah, Harry Anderson I recognize. I was like, hey, there he is. He's like a fixer type of guy. He's the hmm. big gun that you bring in to run shit. So, yeah, the okay. last two episodes kind of feel like your climax of a season. It's, like, all building to this. But there's also, like, that air of, like, you know, no urgency and no suspense because you know that it can't work out. But does yeah. it? But did it almost convince you, RJ? Did you almost think, Jack Tanner's going to be the nominee? No. No, no one did. And then it, no. so so it ends on that kind of that, and then the last episode is just the the wrap up. Lots of shots of things on the ground being trampled upon, the cleanup, and there's this whole long buildup of like trying to get him to run again, just like you would for a second season that never comes. And you even get him looking directly at the camera. Lots of Jack Tanner, lots of Michael Murphy looking at the camera, mm-hmm. and and you're imagining the Curb Your Enthusiasm music playing. Oh, oh no! Oh, let's let's speak about the music for a second. Oh, ho, 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 so I I feel there's two camps of people here. Yep. And I, I haven't read any, anything into this. I never Googled Tanner eighty eight. I don't know anything about what I I think. think that's why the but first episode is so bad. I agree, I agree. But there's two kinds of people here, Jared. People who are like, I love the inclusion of uh, the voting jingle. Um, exercise your right to vote. Uh, it is brought up every, I think it's about every 17 minutes throughout the six hours that that jingle comes up 
first two episodes, it is the same. Then they try to play around with it a little bit, give it a little new spin, new genre, new artist. It's, it's kind of like Fly Me to the Moon from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Except it is not as... It's nowhere near as effective as what it is in that movie what, what, show. What about when TJ sings it very, like, sadly, re- well, dejectedly? I mean, so, and that's what I mean. You're two camps. People who are going to love it because of how often it's played and then the spin that they have where they remix it with new stuff. And then you have the other side who are, by the third episode, you go, if I hear exercise your right to vote again, I'm going to fucking lose it. It is. And then you get eight more episodes of that. Uh, it, uh, that's an exaggeration, RJ, which I know well, you're, it, I, which I know you don't up, do often. I know you don't do it often. Once an episode, does it not? To, at least once mm, i think it dissipates i don't even know if i don't know if it necessarily appears in every version you can start getting some remixes you do, uh, that's what i yeah, but it is it is so blaring in that first one like mm. it sucks so much i, I hit uh, you with it hard <laughs> oh yeah real hard real hard yeah so that's problematic so we get to the end yeah of uh the show and so what do you think rj i mean so, because you went in, you went in the, an hour in to the to this six hour run, you were yep. looking for a phone to call me to say I'm done. Yep. So, how did you feel at the end of episode eleven? So here, here's what I'll tell you. And when I I led with, I think this is one of the most inconsistent ones. There's episodes of this thing. There's hour segments of this that I think are absolute shit. I was just like, I don't like this at all. It's not. It's there's I'm getting nothing out of this. But then there are some episodes where I actually like some of what they're building on, some of the dialogue, some of the ideas they play around with are actually very good. So it's like I see this. I like this. But then there's also this other shit pile here (laughs) for me. This is such a 50 50 thing. I can't even classify it. It's like half of it is good. Half of it, I, I I wish I I hope I will never see again in my life. So it's like I don't know, I don't know where to classify this thing. After eleven episodes, there's some things I like. There's a lot of things I don't like. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's good. It's completely. This is the middle point of the Criterion Collection for me so far. We're not the even actually. Middle. That's not true. No. Armageddon is my middle point. Mm-hmm. For in my ranked list, Armageddon's my middle, but. I don't know. It's it's really strange. Like a bunch of it, I don't like. But there's a lot of scenes where I, it's like I actually like some of the dialogue, and they actually build up some good things. What they're playing around with, they they have good ideas. But you know what they needed to do? This shouldn't have been a six-hour TV show. This should have been a two-hour thing that was just fucking sharp. Like well, like they primary. Done- like you mean like primary colors? <laughs> or sure. watch the documentary? Uh, was it the the, the War Room? The War? Sure. Whatever it is, yeah. Like that fuck, would work there, too. There's, they could have cleaned is, it up so much. This is my problem is there's so many better versions of this. Watch yeah. those. Don't watch this. Yeah. This they is could, like this is yeah. just not good, I don't think. Instead of six hours, make it two hours and only keep the good stuff. And then this would have actually been like things would be like, ooh, that's pretty good. Because I don't think it benefits from spacing it out. There's a lot of things that benefit from the space. Star Trek DS9 benefits from spacing it out. Tanner eighty eight not as much. But that's just me. 
Yeah. I mean, other people might really like it, and that's fine. I don't like whatever. It's like I said, I think there's really good stuff, but I think there's a lot of things in this where I'm just like, I'm like, I don't know what they were going for here. Like, it's it's not landing almost at all. But yeah, that's just me. Yeah. You know. <sighs> yeah. So, what do you think? Did you watch any movies this week? <laughs> didn't almost. have didn't have time because I had to keep watching this. You want you want to you, 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 you want to you want to hear from like only one person who really hates this because sure. nobody watches this thing and logs it on Letterboxd, yeah. really. Yep. Uh, Jeff Lehman, okay, two and a half stars, an excellent collection of beginning episodes give way a morass of overwriting that I imagine came from pressure to form a narratively conventional ending, ultimately losing what made it so good. The freewheeling, anarchic improvisation, still fascinating as the ur-text to almost all political comedy today, from The Daily Show to Sasha Baron Cohen to Veep. Mm. Doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think, like, so you brought up West Wing earlier. West Wing, Veep, uh, any of those, oh, like, uh, the, my go-to Armando uh, Iannucci, uh, Thick of It. Or, and the, uh, and the, oh, yeah. the thick yeah. of it is like, or uh, in the loop, the movie, yeah, all vastly, vastly superior, yeah. And like, so those are all in the same kind of wheelhouse, as you would say. No. Uh, all those things, like, and I don't. So I saw there is that like West thing thing, and I was even thinking of, uh, like, I saw when I just pulled up these reviews of people who hate, I saw someone pick out Aaron Sorkin West Wing or something like that and I like I've never seen West Wing either but I was like that's such fucking horse shit like it's like these things that it's like because they exist in the same like nebula of political TV shows it's like they're an influence because he says it's an influence and it's like fuck that it's like does that even matter does that mean anything I don't I, think so I do still see uh I mean I see a few people, including our own Jared Berger, who mentions uh, yeah. Parks and Rec, which, like, again, is like mm-hmm. Parks and Rec, though, is <laughs> like really well written with great Parks characters, and super good, uh, with like amazing, like, yeah, I, yeah, fuck, it's just like this is, I don't know, if you're talking again, we're talking about comedy that hasn't aged well, um, yeah, or whatever this is. This is dry humor, though. Like this is, yeah. like, I think that some people might think this is the fucking funniest thing but yeah god damn i this, to me this is just like i'm watching it and i'm like okay what is this doing with television as a format even this even like the banner image of this on letterbox like looks so much better than actually watch it because it's yeah. really like that shot on video look yeah, yeah. it's like i it said so low rent inconsistent it's, it's, and i love and i watch like nothing but lo-fi shithouse horror stuff that i think looks and it works really well on this though i don't know you watch like, don't look back. The um, oh god, uh, Maisel's uh, brothers documentary, or no, not Maisel's brothers, the Bob Dylan documentary. You know what I'm talking about Con- Constant Forge. Yeah, it's not Rolling Stone. Is that what it is called? Or that's one of them. That's the it's something in between those two things. Don't look back. Directed by D. A. Pennybaker. 
Am I going yeah. to did I get it right before I click on it? Monterey crew. Uh, Monterey so I, I, I just need a second sometimes. Uh, yeah, that that's in Maverte. That's real. That's shot on film. Looks great. Very different entity from like 1967. Um, yeah. But whew, mm-hmm. this this Tanner 88. Boy, howdy. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Well, it's like I said, inconsistent. Much like Jeff Layman's film tastes. There we go. He's got good stuff like Miyazaki, like five-star films, Miyazaki movies, Badlands, uh, Brazil, Brokeback Mountain, Mulholland Drive. But then he has stuff like Raw, Call Me By Your Name, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Frank Santoro. I'm looking at you, bud. Uh, but then there's other good stuff like Paddington 2. He gave five stars and Blair Wish. But then he gave House of the Devils five stars. And it's like, hmm. And then like half star films. These are like, I think a lot of these like things, they're probably, they probably are half star films, but like it seems too much like the irony crowd. Like uh, Fantastic Four, like the Corman one, uh, Suicide Squad, Episode 3, Star Wars. That movie's not a half star. Not really. I think it's just fun to for people to make fun of it for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It gave one star to The Last Jedi. Or actually, one star to The Rise of Skywalker, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. This person hates Star Wars, star Wars movies. <laughs> Stop watching them. Problem solved. No. Problem solved. Anyways. You got any... Parting thoughts here. I like how all these people on Letterboxd uh, <laughs> were giving star ratings to individual episodes. Two stars, oh, episode two. Yeah. Two stars, episode one. Two and a half stars, episode seven. Three stars, two episodes, three and four. And it's like... Well, just check out the ones that I liked. That's how it works, right? Yeah. Or just wait until you finish the whole fucking thing and then put it all in one review. Like, you could yeah. do that also. Um guys like gobra globra you could just do that guys what what do you feel like you take away from a 10 or 80 what is the statement of the state of american I... politics of america in 1988 and perhaps now i take away i'd rather be doing something else yeah I feel like we're, and, we're we're whatever we're living in something that's more interesting. I think <laughs> like all the time. Like Twitter is ten or eighty eight all the time, and we're all part of the entertainment. Yeah, we're all part of it. We're all playing a part. It's a and it's, it's, a, and, it's and it's horrible. I, I want out. I want depression. out. I, I want to be in the. I want. I want SAG like union mm-hmm. dues. I want like stress leave. I want out of the show of this horror show. I mean, there's an easy end option to end it all. Uh, can we can can we cancel the show? Can cancel each other? Just like whatever happened to that Jared character? <laughs> if we stopped right now, how long do you think it would take for us to disappear from the world? Two weeks? Hmm. Like our carbon footprint on the internet? How long do you think it would take? I don't know. There might be some of our crud left on that data pipeline. I hear so much about. For like, I don't know two months maybe no then people would give up they'd be like they're gone fuck them fuck them fuck them yeah after the break we've lost the podcast elections good um but we're going to put up an appeal 
I don't know who we'd lose to. We are the only podcast, Jarrett. Was rigged. Michigan. RJ, in a real election, would you vote for Jack Tanner? Does, can, does you have his vote? Probably vote or for do you, Nader. Or do does he have your vote? No, I'm Nader. You're Nader. You're the spoil. Yeah. You're the spoiler. I'm a big. Oh, everybody! Guys. Everybody has to wear seatbelts now. Mm. No, I no, mean, now he's gonna say wear a mask too. I mean, Nader. Uh, what's that one dude? Ron Paul or Rand Paul? Who's that guy who ran for like 19 Ron. years? Wow, there was there was there's many. There was uh you're thinking there was, there was, Ron Ro- there was Ross Ross you thinking of Ross Perot? No, I, I think and, it was and, Ron and, Paul. and then and then Ron and then yeah, and then there and then there was Ron Paul as well. He was another one. I mean, he feels like he needs a boost, so why not give it to him? Right? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You can Email us at criterioncubes at gmail.com sure. about anything but politics. Or sat- yeah. and definitely not satire. What about a skewering review of podcasts? We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnlow. Yep. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. My fans, Tumblr. YouTube. RedTube. Pornhub. RedTube. Pornhub. <laughs> One day we might be. RooTube. RooTube, that's a, a kangaroo-themed podcast if you want to check that out. And next week, RJ, you like cinema? No. You like the French? Nope. Do you like difficult texts? Not at all. How about transgression? Only if it's against a certain kind of person. What about listener Aaron Lang? Never heard of him before. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I know a lot about a lot of artists by that name, but I've never heard of a, a listener. Is it an A or an E? Next week, we're watching Catherine Brelet's Fat Girl from 2001. And we're joined? And we're joined. By Aaron Wayne? That's right. Man, why did he pick Fat Girl? <laughs> Why are you doing it to me, man? I already don't want to watch that movie. Ten or eighty-eight could have saved you if you just made that phone call. We were almost over. We were almost done. Well, till next time. Good night. Good night. Choose the one you like the most.
something else I don't remember. It sucks forever. I'll never forget. Fuck it. Bag him. <laughs>